White Snake. Uh, every time. Hey, it's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. We are live in the Skyline studio. We are here until uh, 4 a.m. as we are every um, every uh, weekday morning from 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, coming up, uh, comedian Adam Burke is going to join us. He'll, uh, he's, he's playing Zanies. Is that, is that correct? He's got a gig at Zanies. Um, and he is originally from the UK by way of Australia. We'll find out exactly what that sentence means. <laughs> and he, he keeps busy. He's he's got uh, some podcasts that he's on, and uh, he's been uh, on this. Uh, he's been on this station uh, uh, many times, and uh, he's got a, a, a gig at Zany's coming up. So we're going to talk to medium, uh, comedian Adam Burke. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, our good buddy Ian Schur from CNET.com is going to be with us to talk. Uh, all things tech. We have him on usually once a month to get uh, the latest in the tech stories and all that cool stuff. We are going to talk about some of the world's most bizarre competitions. Um, today is National French Fry Day. So uh, we're going to talk about some of the best fries in Chicago. Um, the stories about the Pepsi Coke War. And I was uh, right in the middle of it because I was working at the Jewels. Right on the front lines. Uh, and then parking ticket issued for a bus parked at a bus stop. And we're going to talk about some of the dumbest tickets you've ever gotten and how far you've gone to get out of a ticket. So uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We would love to uh, hear from you. Uh, 312-981-7200. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we got uh, classic comedy uh, from... Uh, the Johnny Carson show. You know, you can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on uh, Antenna TV, and it's so great and nostalgic and funny and awesome. Uh, we're going to play some classic Joan Rivers stand-up. This is stand-up from Joan Rivers, right? Uh, it's, it's her or just it's hanging interview. out with Johnny. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's one of those Joan Rivers episodes where she just comes on, and y- you would think that there's no one else in the room, those two. Yeah. Good. It's from 1978, too. So, all of that and more, 312-981-7200 is the uh is the number you know we're talking about the pope the, the pepsi pope the pepsi the pope c- challenge the, the coke war um but i was also on the front line when new coke came out and i can't tell you the number of people at, at jewel who would yell at me about how bad new coke is and that they want you know old coke this is before you know Coke relented and brought back Coke as Coca-Cola classic. So this was when it first hit, you know, when new Coke came out and everybody hated it and people were yelling at me. And I was like, look, I didn't, this wasn't my idea. I just put the stuff on the shelf. But yeah, that was a very weird time to be working at the jewels during the new Coke era, the mid eighties. What a dumb idea. So, all right. So that's what's uh, that's what's happening tonight into the morning. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number. Ian Schur, editor at large at CNET dot com. You can follow him on Twitter at Ian Schur S H E R R. And uh, he joins us once a month to talk tech. And here's Ian. Hello, Ian. Hey, I am very disappointed that I shirked my responsibilities for National French Friday. Yeah, I didn't realize it was National French Friday till uh till I got here. 
And uh, and then I was like, oh yeah, I didn't do this. I didn't have any French fries today either, Ian. There you go. I will. I'm about to piss off a lot of people that are listening. My favorite French fry is In and Out because, of course, I'm from California. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 I've I've been to In and Out Burger, and it's uh, it's good stuff. I can understand why people. I, I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I, I, I can understand why people uh, why people love In and Out as, uh, you know as much. It's one of the first things I did when I went to California as an adult was went to went to In and Out Burger. I was like, I got to do this. I can't. I can't not go. go there. So uh, we get a couple of quick phone calls. Here's Nancy on WGN. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Nick. I just wanted to tell you, I've been a longtime listener from St. Louis, and I know you hate the Cardinals. That's okay. <laughs> but um, I just want to tell you how fabulous you are, and I'm always so happy when I get good reception. And can listen to you when you're on the air. Oh, that's sweet, Nancy. Thank you for the call. I also hate the yeah. I also I also hate the blues, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> we all you know, when they're we've been rooting for the Blackhawks for years until the blues finally uh yeah. got yeah. the cup. Yeah. But, they uh, did. but anyway, they... you are so appreciated and so oh. refreshing and I'm always happy to hear you. Well, thanks, Nancy. That's really sweet. That's a nice way to kick off the show. All right. Thank you, yeah. Nancy. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. What's going on here? Here's Linda on WGN. Hi, Linda. Good evening, hon. Hi. This is dedicated to both you and your sidekick there. Um, I want to tell you that happiness to me is at 11 o'clock at night when you guys are coming on because I don't have to listen about Trump the virus, and all that baloney. I am so sick of hearing that I could scream. Um, okay. When I, guys, when I come over to you guys, I know I'm not going to hear that junk, and I love you both. Okay, well, thank you, Linda. You're just getting them all over the place tonight, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, I guess so. Thanks, Linda. All right, honey, bye. Okay. All right, and unfortunately, the first story that we're going to talk about with Ian involves the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> And, and we, could, we could involve Trump as well if you want. <laughs> um, uh, okay, let's let's take a quick break, Ian. Okay. All right. All right. We're just gonna turn off right now. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Uh, what, what 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 what's going on? Why are people call? Why are the ladies calling in? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because of the plaque. They heard about the plaque. What plaque? Or not the plaque. The thing on the sidewalk. Oh 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 oh! We walk of fame. Yeah. Walk of fame. Okay. They want us. They want to talk to a star. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, all right. <laughs> I don't get it either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's in the air, but that's cool. Ladies want to call in and compliment me. I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, was it was it Sally Field that said they like me? Yeah, they really you like really... me. You really like me. <laughs> when she won for Places in the Heart, when she won Best Actress for Places in the Heart, so she was mocked incessantly after that. So, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, Ian Schur is with us. If you have any tech questions and uh, uh, anything like that, 312-981-7200. We'd love to hear from you. Always a lot of tech stuff to talk about with Ian. Right. 
Hey, Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio here until 4 o'clock, as we are every weekday morning. And uh, it is a Tuesday, or it will be a Tuesday, I should say. Adam Burke is going to join us. He is a very funny stand-up comedian. He's got a gig coming up here at Zany's in Chicago, and he's going to join us after midnight. Right now, though, it's our monthly visit from Ian Schur, editor-at-large at CNET.com. And uh, hello, Ian. Hey. All right. Tell us uh, again about, uh, tell me about uh, CNET. Yeah, so we're the world's largest tech news site, and we do reviews, of course. And uh, I like to think of us as a place where you can learn about how technology is impacting your daily life. And it's a really just amazing place where we've written about everything from whether or not the new iPhone is worth it to how uh, the 5G wireless technology is going to change your life uh, and also concerns about misinformation, disinformation, all the awfulness on the Internet. Uh, We look at all these different things and they all intersect in different ways. And we really have a lot of fun talking about it. Yeah. And you guys do a great job. You really do. And and it's 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 very helpful. Uh, The reviews are terrific. And you guys cover really important news stuff. So um, and it's always it's always a pleasure to have you on, Ian. Well, thank you. I, I always enjoy being on. Okay. Uh, the first story from CNET, um, not even the coronavirus can derail 5G's global momentum. So what's uh, what's going on with the 5G? Yeah, it, it's actually been really interesting. We've been seeing a lot of investment in 5G wireless. So it's important to remember what 5G is. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. it's not just another G, right? We've, we actually... <laughs> the, I, the idea of it is supposed to be much faster, much more reliable uh, wireless service. And the coolest thing I think about it is that it has two different features that are going to really cause this to happen. One's called very low latency, which means that the amount of time your phone spends talking to the cell tower and back is dramatically reduced. That causes the internet to feel much faster, Mm. and that is going to be really cool. The other thing is that they can control the internet connection per device. That means that if I've got a car, they can make sure that if it's, you know, it's it, let's think out 15 years and it's self-driving and all that stuff, they can put on a connection that is ultra-reliable, right? They're not going to let that connection ever drop as much as they can. Versus a drone, they'll be like, eh, you know, it can fly on its own. It'll be fine. Uh, or, you know, some, some other little toy that's not going to matter as much. And they're able to actually manage the network so that that way the stuff that needs to be online all the time, like surgery equipment and stuff like that, can be reliably online while the rest of it isn't. So the cool thing about 5G now is that it's actually rolling out quite a bit. There's still a lot of investment happening in it. Um, North America, for example, uh, we're already getting to the point where 75% of North America is going to have access to it by 2025 that's really impressive when you consider that a lot of 5g requires many more cell towers to be installed Uh, and part of that is the way the technology works so we can't just upgrade all the 4g towers if you live in los angeles or chicago you may have noticed a lot of new cell towers going up that's part of it um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how people respond to it. You know, there's already kind of a pushback happening in Britain, for example. Uh, some people have actually set fires to cell towers because there's a lot of disinformation out there that says 5G is causing coronavirus. We have a story on CNET, of course, explaining how that's not even physiologically possible. Right. But it's kind of 
interesting to see people doing this pushback. And even before that, I was asked to go on TV many times to talk about people being worried about cell towers causing cancer, despite all the research that says that's not something to worry about. So all these things are going to continue happening, and it's going to be very interesting to see how we all respond to it. And uh, we have a lot of truckers who are listening, uh, Ian. Is is 5G going to help with um, Internet in, like, remote areas out on the road? That's the sad part about it. 5G really works much better in cities than it does on the open road. Mm. And part of that is because it needs so many cell towers, right? So what's going to happen is, you know, a lot of people were asking me at one point, well, is 4G going to get worse and go away eventually? And it's actually not. 4G is going to be what they use when you're outside of a city. So you're still going to have the same connection you have today. It'll probably get a little better because internet connections are going to get faster and whatnot. But generally speaking, 5G is designed to work in cities where you can put up a lot of cell towers and really help people speed along. Um, okay. Uh, so there are there are other things uh, in the article that you talk that uh, is is discussed, like for instance the uh, the Galaxy S twenty's best tips and tricks. Yes. So you know one of the other things that I think is going to be uh, really interesting is that we're talking about um, the future of how you're going to be able to deal with uh, this five G stuff, and one of the things that we've learned, right is that um, a lot of the companies are starting to already lower the prices of 5G. It started out at twelve ninety nine, which is so expensive. All the 5G phones in the last six months have been over $1,000, which is way wow. too much for people. And it's like a $400 premium over the regular version, right? So the Galaxy S10 5G, just for those two extra letters, 5G, costs you $399 more. Um, But this year, it's all expected to really start dropping. We're going to start seeing a lot of the chips that are necessary for this are getting better, which is going to cause the prices to go down. And even Apple, right, they are expected to come out with a 5G iPhone this year in September. And that device, while they're will be a probably a $1,200 version. It also needs to start at about $700. That's what people expect. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the tech industry deals with that. But it's going to be, it's an ongoing conversation. The price is going to be a huge factor here. Yeah. And getting people online quickly is going to be hard if you're charging them too much. Um, how big of an impact do you think uh, 5G is going to make? You know, it's hard to tell. If you talk to technologists and, you know, a lot of the kind of really excited people who are hyped up, it's going to change the world, right? I mean, literally, I brought up surgery before. Like, I've seen Verizon do like these these mock surgeries literally over phone lines over cell towers um where someone is using a robot in another city uh and they say you know this could be in the future like someone's in the middle of africa and they need an open heart surgery we just bring the robot to them and someone in chicago can start doing the surgery and they've got wow. the world-renowned expert doing it from you know in the middle of africa without ever getting on a plane that is super cool if we get to that point yeah but But there's a lot of stuff we have to do in the meantime. The promise of it is huge. And let me tell you, 4G changed our lives. You may not be aware of this, but it really did. The the way that we live in a video-centric world now, the stuff that we've had, just think about the conversation that's happened around uh, around the way that the black community is treated and the conversation around police. All of that was spurred because our phones have much better cameras in them now, and they have the capability to stream video live. 
Without that, a lot of this stuff may not have ever become public and part yeah. of a conversation. Yeah. And no matter where you stand on that issue, it kind of underscores how technology has really changed our lives. And 4G very much was at the center of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ian Schur is with us, uh, editor-at-large for CNET.com, and we're talking tech. Uh, and here's Glenn on WGN. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Nick. How you doing tonight? All right. Question. Uh, are they ever going to think about investing in upgrading towers instead of trying to uh, sell you on the newest phones? Uh, I know I know that the, the, the SG right now is kind of sporadic, but um, it would be really nice if they upgraded the cell towers themselves so you don't drop calls from region to region. Is that something? Is that some, that's something that they're working on, right, Ian? Yes, it is. And look, uh, the hard part that you run up against, and you bring up something very important, is that these are companies that are in it for a profit, right? They're not. They're not doing it for the social good. They want to make money at the end of the day. Sure. And that's really unfortunate when it comes to issues like this, because the further out from a city you are, the more rural an area, the worse your connection is. You know, I was in the middle of of uh, Missouri, like a year ago, and there were large swaths where I got no service. And even little cities and little towns, there was no service. And I was like, how is this okay in 2019? But that's what we're living in right now, is that these companies are not investing hugely yet. And especially in this day and age, you know, we're dealing with the coronavirus, the possibility of kids not being able to go to school in the next school year. They're having to do it all online. If you don't have a good connection, you are out of luck. And it's really sad that this is still a problem in this day and age. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for the call, Glenn. Um, so, yeah, they're, they, they, and it is, you know, I mean, you mentioned this, and the companies do want to make money. There's no question about it. Yeah. And look, I mean, they, they are trying to do good as well. Sure. Right? I'm not going to, sure. they're not, you know, evil, just kind of rubbing their hands together. But I think that one of the hard things that they've always dealt with, and I mean, I have family in rural areas of this country that are just getting broadband for the first time. They were on the, the worst DSL you've ever had. You couldn't even stream video on it. You could barely surf the web until a couple of years ago. And then suddenly Verizon Fios came in. And I think it's going to be really hard at one point where we have to deal with this, with what we call the digital divide. And in the meantime, it takes investment from the government to force these companies to do this, incentives, all that type of stuff, because these cities can't afford it either just to build it. Yeah. So it's, it's a really tough situation. Okay. All right. Uh, Ian, hang on. Absolutely. All right. Ian Schur is with us. Uh, always great to talk to him. He's an editor-at-large at CNET.com. And we got more tech stories to, uh, to get to. And if you have a, a question... Uh, Tech-related, we'll, we'd love to take it. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. We'll continue our conversation with Ian coming up. You know, we just heard some sad news. If you're a fan of MythBusters, um, he had a, a Grant Imahara had a, a brain aneurysm, right? It's only what forty five, forty nine, forty nine, forty nine years old. 
Um, he's great on Mythbusters, and he built Jeff Peterson, the robot sidekick to uh, Craig Ferguson. Um, that's sad news. So, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. It's it's also techish. <laughs> he was definitely a tech guy. Ian Schur is with us. He's editor at large um, at CNET.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Ian Schur, S H E R R. Um, hello, Ian. Hey. Hey. So, um, speaking of robots, which we just did, talking about Jeffrey Peterson from uh, the Craig Ferguson show, uh, <laughs> tell me about Bombix. This is <laughs> um, a fiber spinning robot that uh, Facebook put together. Yeah, speaking of uh, what we were talking about before the break, this whole idea of the digital divide and getting Internet to rural places. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that Facebook's been talking about a lot, other than when they screw up over this disinformation and misinformation stuff, right. is that they've been trying to help people in rural areas of the, of the world mm-hmm. to get better Internet. And they've done this a number of ways. They tried it with a, a flying drone that would go really high up, like super-duper high. And it would beam an internet connection down to the surface. And this was designed particularly for Africa. They've done some other ones as well. The drones kind of never ended up working. But now they've got this new device that they're showing us, which, uh, as you brought up, the name is called Bombix, B-O-M-B-Y-X. Uh, which is Latin for silkworm. There you go. Ah. And what what it does is that it takes fiber, and what it what it does is it wraps it around the power line as it goes down the power line. So one of the most expensive parts of getting internet connections to people is laying the fiber. Right? It's actually sure. getting this stuff to people. It costs a fortune. Yeah. I mean, I you know talking again about my family that that's in rural areas just to get it. From the street where the where the connection was to their house, which was maybe a five minute drive off the street, would cost them so 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 much money. So instead, now we've got these things where uh, Facebook says if we start end up using them, and we'll see whether it becomes a thing. Um, you could just send it down the power line with enough fiber, and it will just kind of wrap it around as it's going down. And by the end, you just plug it in, boom, you've got fiber on the other end, which is really cool idea. I, I really hope it turns into something, uh, but it's it's neat to see them doing something like this. And again, right, they're, they're capitalists. More people using fiber means more Facebook users probably, but it's also something that could be really helpful. What is, that, what, what is this going to cost? Have they talked about well, that? <laughs> It, so that's that's one of the sticky points, right? I mean, the idea of of removing the cost of the people actually putting the wire up is significant, right? I mean, we're talking about a ton of money in people spending time, right, and actually dealing with getting on the getting on, you know, in the buckets and going in the air and all that stuff. So, you know, they're talking about being able to reduce the costs as much as 10 times. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see whether that turns into it. I mean, this this whole issue is fraught with problems. And uh, one of my favorite examples I would bring up to people is that the San Francisco Bay Area, where I grew up, um, there has been fiber under the under the streets for decades, literally decades. I remember when they were pulling up the streets and putting the fiber down. And then when they put it down, no one used it. 
and uh-huh. it just sat there. So we call it dark fiber. And it's that kind of problem. Like It's like, okay, great. I'm glad you got the wire down. Wonderful. But the next step is getting an actual interconnection, and that's another problem. So, you know, even if Facebook does everything right here, they could still run into problems. And that's what we've learned every time a big tech company who's made a ton of money writing software suddenly wants to help the world, and uh, it turns out it's a little harder than they thought. Yeah. How does this robot actually do its job? So we have a video on CNET if you want to see it. Uh But what they did is that they actually did two things. So they reduced the width of a fiber line. Fiber lines are typically very, very, very thick. They would reduce the width, which means that the weight was reduced significantly as well for a spool of fiber. And what they were able to do is they were able to put it on this robot that then kind of just goes down the, the power line. So you put it on top of the power line like a bird is, and then its little wheels bring it down the power line, just flies on down like it's on a mon- monorail from Disney. And behind it, it's actually doing a circle where it's looping the fiber over the power line. So it kind of looks like it's candy cane at the end. Um, and it's a nifty you know, idea. And the, the thing is that by doing that, they don't have to string new line, right? They don't have to deal with, okay, putting up another a fourth line or a third line and dealing with whatever, you know, wind and all that stuff. If you're just wrapping it around the power line, as long as the power line's good, you're good. Mm. So it's a really nifty idea. Okay. That's great. Uh, yeah. Facebook is, is, you know, Zuckerberg is trying to, is trying to do more things, uh, via Facebook, uh, to, to help out, right? You know, Facebook is trying a lot of things to be better. And to their credit, they've been trying to do this before. Uh, you know, for example, they have been involved in trying to get free Internet service to people in a lot of different parts of the world, including India and Africa. Um, of course, they've been criticized as well because oftentimes those agreements mean giving them, uh, you know, give, having cell phones that have the Facebook logo on them and stuff like that, right? So it, oh, yeah. it, capitalism hits in again. So it's kind of a tough one, you know, but um, you look at Google, they are also doing things. They've got uh, these balloons that go super high up, and they're called Project Loon, L-O-O-N, like loony. And what it does is it beams internet down, but it does it in a way that cell phones can pick up the signal versus Facebook's drones, which sent down a laser signal. So the point is they are actually now able to start offering cell service to people, uh, to some places in Africa for the first time, which is amazing. Mm. And, you know, we're talking about people who, like, literally farmers who are suddenly going to be able to see the weather reports and plan in a way that they never could before. And it's stuff like that that's going to be rather amazing and change those people's lives. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Ian Schur is with us, editor-at-large at at, uh, CNET.com. Um, so Apple's 5G iPhone still expected to launch this year, correct? Hopefully. (laughs) There's a lot of debate about what's going to happen to Apple. Um, you know, and part of it is because look, Apple is, uh, for its size and everything, whether you're a fan of it or not, um, they are a bellwether, bellwether of industry, right? What happens to them happens to everyone. And one of the things that happened in February was that they were one of the first companies 
to give us the warning about the coronavirus's effect on the tech industry and on manufacturing in general. They're one of the largest manufacturers in the world. Yeah. And sure enough, after they warned us, within a couple of weeks, the whole world kind of turned into a mess, right? Yeah. And suddenly you couldn't get toilet paper. So it's those types of things that Apple's really kind of we look to them for. So the next question we all have, logically, is that the biggest release for them every year is the iPhone. It represents about half of their revenue, more than half of their profit. It is the most important product they make for them. Mm-hmm. And can they hit the target of coming out this fall? So a lot of people are kind of reading tea leaves, looking at companies that make the different screens and everything. And so far, the analysts out there say they're going to meet their targets. It's going to come out before the holidays. And if they are, that's great for them. But more importantly, it shows that the manufacturing world is able to keep up, even though the whole rest of the world is kind of falling apart. And that's pretty promising. Yeah. It, and it's going to, and, and, and I mean, obviously it'll be a different kind of announcement because normally it's like a big, you know, they're in a big room on stage and, you know, it's loaded with people. But I believe, is it going to be, it's probably going to be virtual this this time? I mean, if it's, it, I, I would, if, if, if I was a betting man, I would feel very comfortable believing it's a virtual conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that first off, you know, Apple's conference is usually, yes, it's a big room filled with people who are hooping and hollering. Yep. Um, but what I think is really interesting is that this most recent event they had in June called the WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference, which they do every year. They give us kind of a preview of what the next software for the iPhone looks like. Um, they did that virtually this year, and it went really well. People really responded positively to it, and they changed the way the format of their videos worked people seem to really respond well. I actually did a story on how corporations and, and companies are dealing with doing these presentations differently because some of them, uh, Microsoft had one for their Xbox that really bombed and did not do well because they tried to kind of do the same thing they always do uh, versus Sony, their their biggest competitor in the video game world, did this very highly produced, very Apple-ish uh, video and it, it was spectacularly well received. It was like a trending topic for days. So I think Apple's probably going to do the same thing for the iPhone this year, considering they had such good response to what they did in the June. Okay. All right. Well, it's always it's always interesting because like they they always make a big deal out of these announcements. Like it's always. Oh, yeah. it's, I, I mean, mean, people go nuts. <laughs> people go nuts for these things. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't. They move a button half an inch, and it's like the world has changed. I know. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> All right, Ian, hang on. Sure thing. Uh, Ian Schur is with us, uh, editor-at-large at CNET.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Ian Schur, and that's uh, S-H-E-R-R. More tech stories uh, to talk about, and if you have any uh, any questions tech-related, 312-981-7200. It's Nick DiGilio on WGN. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN, uh, live in the Skyline studio here until uh, 4 o'clock. Adam Burke, a uh, stand-up comedian, is going to join us after midnight. He's got a gig coming up here in, in Chicago at Zany's, and uh, we'll uh, talk about that, plus much, much more. Um, we've got uh, the uh, stories from the Pepsi-Coke war, which were 
I was right on the front lines, man. <laughs> uh, today is National French Fry Day, so we're going to talk about some of the best fries in uh, Chicago and some of the weirdest and most bizarre competitions of all time. Our classic Johnny Carson uh, coming up this morning is a visit with Joan Rivers from 1978. So, And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Ian Schur joins us once a month uh, to talk about uh, tech-related issues. He is an editor-at-large at CNET.com, which is a terrific tech website. And uh, we always have fun when Ian's on. Uh, hi, Ian. Hey. All right. We got uh, a couple people on the line here. Is uh, Trucker Rich. Go ahead, Rich. Hey, good evening, guys. A question for your guest. Uh, here in the last month or so, when I've been like logging on with my on the computer, up across, like, underneath the uh, address bar, it's got a notice that says, after December 2020, Adobe will not be supported. What is Adobe, and what uh, is that effect is that going to have on the Internet and some websites? So um, what's probably happening is one of two things. So um, what's one of the things you need to keep in mind is that there is a there's software called Adobe Flash that has really been the underpinning of the first version of the internet. We're talking about up until about 2010 when we started changing the technology underneath the internet. And a lot of people, this is very nerdy talk, but it's important because that Flash software, especially if you have an older computer, is still in there. And what's going to end up happening is that uh, after December 31st of this year, you're going to go on the internet, and it's going to be like normal. But if you run across a website that has Flash in it, let's say, for example, uh, what happened a lot is a lot of companies who are local businesses, like local pizza chains and stuff, a lot of them used to have Flash-based websites because you could add music and video and all sorts of stuff really easily. That's why people loved it. Uh, well, those are going to stop working. And it's not your problem. It's actually their problem because it's going to stop working for everybody. And the reason they're doing this is because Flash is incredibly insecure. It's very unreliable. It eats battery life like no tomorrow. And uh, a lot of people agreed, okay, we're going to get rid of it. And it took until 2020, literally 10 12 years of debate before we could get there. So your browser is warning you about that and saying, hey, by the way, this is going away. Now, um, the important thing for you to keep in mind is that I don't know how old your computer is, but you may want to make sure that you're updating your software. If you have Windows, which I have a feeling you probably do, um, then you want to make sure you go through Windows update process. We have instructions on CNF for how to do that. And if you have an old Mac, uh, you know, you're still going to be able to surf the web just like you can with Windows. But the at some point, you're going to start falling behind and some websites are going to stop working and stuff like that. And that's part of, unfortunately, kind of the, the inches of progress. But it's going to be a while. Right now, they're just telling you, hey, this app that a lot of people hate is going to stop working and we're all going to throw a party really uh-huh. all right rich uh, yep, i hope that, that helps all right, take care that kind of, yeah that helps all right take care rich uh and here's doc on wgn go ahead doc hey nick hey hey ian i got a question for you over the last several thing? months there's been some horrendous things happen demonstrations protests vandalism looting Assaults on police officers, assaults on private citizens. And what I haven't seen much evidence of is anything that seems high-tech 
in terms of catching people, identifying them, detaining them. You just see a lot of the traditional things they've done for 30 or 40 years, even identifying, you know, paid agitators that may be getting moved around the country to be there to organize and agitate things. I would think that with all the government security agencies and the ability to get into data, but I'll give you one example. Kansas City, they have a line of police officers about 150 you know, feet long, nose to nose with these protesters, and people in the back are heaving bricks and bottles of frozen water. Well, if you had five drones up above surveilling the whole crowd, you could go, you know, 11 o'clock, 30 feet back, guy in a yellow hoodie with a black headband, and bum rush, grab him, drag him out. But do you think there's much uh, high technology going in? I mean, think of the, the amount of money that it's going to cost for vandalism and lost merchandise alone. Yeah, so there is definitely a lot of high technology being built into policing. Um, there's a lot of debate about it, though, honestly. And part of it is because there's question about the ROI. For example, a drone only flies in the air at best for about 20 minutes. So how many drones do we have to have to handle a 12-hour protest, right? Or how many batteries do we have to have stocked up? And st batteries are not cheap. Um, and then someone who be able to fly the drone, and where do you get the data to? And if you've got 50,000 people in a protest, how do you identify people and stuff like that? But also a number of cities around the country, including Chicago uh, and Illinois uh, and San Francisco and California, have now started passing laws that make it illegal for the state and local governments to use facial recognition technology uh, through surveillance cameras. And a lot of that is, is concerns about privacy, right? The Fourth Amendment and stuff like that. And uh, I'm really curious to see where this debate goes because there is definitely an argument for using technology to help identify people who are breaking the law. But at the same time, there's concern that it could be used in very bad ways in a situation where the government is acting poorly. And we have had those examples before just with government having access to, for example, uh, databases of where of people um, I don't know if you know this, but there's actually databases you can buy of people's movements using their uh, car license plates. There are companies out there that track all of the license plates. And what they do is they go down the road just like it's completely legal. They've got little cameras on their cars, and they scan the license plates of everybody they can see. And then they create a database saying, oh, that car was in Illinois yesterday. Now it's in Michigan today. And they draw little lines. And then the police buy access to that. And there's debate about, well, wait a minute, where's my privacy, right? I'm, I'm a citizen who didn't do anything wrong. Why am I being tracked by the government that way? So it's a really big debate. And the police are in the middle of it. You know, there's even there was a ton of effort that had to go into how policy was written around how the body cameras worked and where the data was stored and how it was stored and who had access to it. And this stuff is very messy. I'm from Kansas and, City, and there's a, a company that's selling that technology to yeah. uh, neighborhood associations so that they yeah. can they have a database of everybody who should be there. And then that, that database is also cross-referenced against known vehicles that are associated with criminals or, and warrants. And then the homeowner association can then use that information to call the police and say, hey, we have people that shouldn't be here. But in right. reference to your and thing about surveilling people, I think of some place like London where every square inch is covered with cameras. 
And and you bring up London, it's a great point because, um, you know, they've actually done facial recognition testing in London, and they found that it's wildly inaccurate, like less than 90% of the time, or sorry, more than 90% of the time, it's inaccurate, mm. uh, which means you get you send the police to the wrong person's house, and we end up with a situation where someone could be shot because they it's dark and they don't know who's in that house, and the person, you know, police weren't even supposed to be there. And so that's part of the concern around a lot of this stuff yeah and that's not the only issue the facial recognition because to me the biggest single problem was the lack of will to stop this you know most of the trouble was at night so if you want to have an effective deterrent you say hey the curfew's at 6 p.m not 10 or 11 you know but pardon me all right doc. i'm not going to get into the politics of that but it, yes oh. i totally respect the the conversation that keeps going on but in terms of technology it's a really fascinating issue and it's going to continue being a debate for a while okay doc thanks for the call um 312-981-7200 that's the team hockberg phone line um before we uh, let you go there yeah. is uh iphone uh battery gate and you could get be eligible for a settlement a 25 dollars settlement Yes. <laughs> Who doesn't want 25 bucks from Apple, right? Yeah. So if if you bought a iPhone SE, an iPhone 6, a 6S or a 7 or one of the plus models, then you may be eligible for $25 back from a class action lawsuit. Uh what happened was that Apple admitted a couple of years ago that they had built-in software that fe- that would slow down the phone if the batteries went bad. Well, guess what? Batteries go bad naturally over a couple of years. So people would actually experience that within a year or two, their phone would feel like it's slower. Well, that's because Apple was trying to make sure that the phone didn't pull too much power from the battery and it wouldn't crash and stuff. Well, now they've ended up in a lawsuit because they didn't tell us until someone you know uncovered it some other way. So you can go on CNET. We have a, a link to the website that was set up by the Northern District of California, which is where the lawsuit happened and the settlement is being dealt with, and you can sign up to get your 25 bucks from Apple. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's good that companies are being held to account for how they treat our devices after we've bought them, right? It's important that Apple be transparent about the software that they install on our phones yeah. and that they offer to us, and that's what the the heart of this problem was. Okay. All right. All right. So you can uh, you, there's a link over on, uh, you can go to CNET.com, and there's a link and see if you possibly uh, get a $25 settlement from uh, from Apple. All right, Ian, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, All, and we'll do it again next month. Ian Schur, editor-at-large at CNET.com. Follow him on Twitter at Ian Schur, S-H-E-R-R. Ian, thanks. We'll talk to you next month. Take care, man. Okay, buddy. There you go. Ian Schur. Uh, CNET.com, by the way, is a terrific website. It's, uh, um, you know, one of the best tech websites there is, um, and, uh, and it's really informative, and they do such a great job, and they do great reviews, too. They'll, they help people out, you know, navigating this tech world, what's a good product, what's not a good product, um, and that's a really big part of the website as well. Okay, so Ian Schur, he'll join us again uh, next month. In the meantime, check out CNET.com for all your tech needs. Um, Ian Burke is a, a comedian, and he's going to be... Uh, at Zany's uh, this weekend, and um, we're going we're gonna to talk to to Ian about it, uh, to Adam about his career and about the gig on um, on uh, on uh, this weekend and uh, much much more. 
Uh, phone number is 312-981-7200, and uh, you can call us up. we got more coming up here a little bit later on. We're going to be talking about the Cola Wars. Uh, today is National French Friday, so we're going to jump in and, and talk about that and some of the uh, weirdest, bizarre competitions of all time. And that's coming up after the news. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on uh, 720 WGN here until 4 o'clock. Um, a little bit uh, later on, we're going to talk about the, the best French fries in the city. Uh, yesterday now was um, National French Fry Day. Um, we're also going to talk about some bizarre competitions and uh, and the... Incredible stories from the Pepsi-Coke War. The Cola Wars, man. It was a rough time. <laughs> Lost a lot of good men. We did, yeah. Uh, yes. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. By the way, I would like to officially uh, wish my parents a happy anniversary. Today, uh, July 14th, is their 58th anniversary. So I just wanted to say on the air, happy anniversary to my folks. 58th anniversary. Uh, my two marriages lasted a total of five years. <laughs> uh, all right. Adam Burke is a uh, comedian, and he, uh, he, he's he been performing Chicago, in Chicago and throughout the U.S. for about 10 years. And he is going to be at Zany's this weekend, Friday the 17th and Saturday the 18th. And uh, we want to talk to Adam about uh, about comedy and all that cool stuff. Hi, Adam. Hi, Nick. How are you? All right, buddy. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, happy anniversary to your parents. Yeah, 58 years uh, today. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. Uh, so... Um, Let's start out with how you got into comedy. Uh, I got into comedy here in Chicago. Um, uh, I'm not from here originally. I grew up, uh, I grew up in Ireland and uh, England, and then uh, I wound up here somehow. And um, I was actually writing. And I was writing an article about uh, comedy for a local magazine. I was doing some research, and um, I wound up at all these great shows, these great local shows like the Lincoln Lodge, and Chicago Underground. I saw these amazing comedians. Like this is uh, about 15 years ago. So I saw people like Kamel Nanjiani and Hannibal Buress and all these kind of people, uh, like at the beginning of their careers. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I was just kind of following around and saw this amazing Chicago stand-up scene. And then I thought, you know, just for the heck of it, I would um, try it out. Um, so you know, as part of the article I was writing, and then uh, and then I just kind of forgot to stop. <laughs> wow yeah, yeah 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 well i can understand that it's a there's a it's a great comedy scene this city has a great comedy scene yeah it really is. it really is i mean our, our ratio of comics to like kind of breakout stars and um people who uh people who are just so funny it, it's a lot to be proud of yeah 
It truly is. I mean, it's it's. I mean, we've been known for our comedy here for forever, and you know, obviously, you know, Second City and improv is a is oh, a, yeah. is a huge thing in the city as well. Yeah, that was kind of the thing. Those sort of uh, the impetus for the article was that I met the stand up, and he was like, you know, the city is so much such an improv that stand up sort of gets overlooked, and then within ten years, we had all these kind of amazing breakout stand up comedians. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's a really this is was a really interesting town and wonderful town to wind up yeah. in. Now, you grew up in the U.K. You just you mentioned uh, Ireland. Uh, what part of Ireland? Yeah. I grew up in Armagh, which is in the north, north of Ireland. Um, yeah, I grew up there. Interesting. <laughs> Times is almost as interesting as the ones we're currently living in. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I grew up there, and then uh, we moved to England uh, when I was about 10. And then when I was uh, 23, I wound up in the States. So I've kind of jumped around a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I've, uh, I, I love Ireland. I, I just love that place, uh, uh, and it's, it's just so beautiful. And, and I, you know, I've only been there. I've only been there one time, but you know, uh, we spent three weeks there and went from southern all the way up to to Belfast. And uh, Giulio doesn't strike me as the most Irish name. It's well, I'm half Irish. I'm Italian. And I'm, 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 I'm Italian and Irish. Yeah, yeah. My mom's oh, okay. my, my mom's Irish. My dad's obviously Italian. Um, oh, right. that's a, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty standard uh, Chicago blend. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> so, uh, you you grew up in the UK, but what? But by way of Australia, can can we? Yeah, you, I was, yeah, I was born in Australia, and um, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if my parents just realized how pale we all were, or, <laughs> and. And uh, Australia is located about five minutes drive from the sun. Uh, they decided uh, to to move us on out of there. But yeah, it, it's weird. I, I wasn't it wasn't until I was, I think twenty eight. I got actually got to see, um, got to see where I was was born, and it was in Western Australia. And it's nothing but like unbroken uh, miles and miles of beach, and just like the most uh, the most in shape teenagers you've ever seen in your life just people who just like eat surf and drink push-ups you know what i mean yeah yeah and I, I i was there and i was like thank god we moved away because i wouldn't have survived yeah. i wouldn't have been uh i wouldn't have been an alpha in this situation <laughs> uh was, was there a is there a comedy scene in australia oh there is it's massive oh it is uh, yeah and what's what's crazy about uh australia it's about i think it's uh, my statistics are a bit wonky in this, but I think it's it's got about the landmass of um, of America, but like some like ten percent of the people. So you can sort of uh, it, it, people uh, comedians who are breakout stars in Australia kind of become rather rapidly because you can kind of play to the entire country in about six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, wow. Cause, yeah, because it's weird because it's like uh, a lot of the population is very concentrated. And then, you know, it's about 12 people spread out uh, around the rest of it. But, yeah, um, there's a huge, massive, massive comedy scene in Australia. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, Adam, hold on. Yes. All right, Adam Burke is with us. He is going to be performing at Zany's on Wells uh, Friday uh, the 17th and Saturday the 18th. You can go to zanies.com for more information. We'll talk more with Adam Burke, who is a very funny man. And and, uh, 312-981-7200. That's the phone number uh, on the Team Hochberg phone line. All right, we got more coming up here on WGN. After midnight, 
Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, uh, live in the Skyline studio here uh, until uh, 4, as we are every uh, weekday morning. Uh, we play back some classic Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV. And uh, the comedy bit that we're going to play back is some is a visit from Joan Rivers from 1978. Um, we're going to talk about some of the world's most bizarre competitions French Fry Day was yesterday, so we're going to talk about some of the best fries in the city and the stories uh, that surrounded the Pepsi-Coke war, the soda, the pop wars. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Adam Burke is a stand-up comedian originally from uh, the U.K., and uh, he's been performing comedy uh, throughout the U.S. for over 10 years now, and uh, he's going to be at Zany's on Friday and Saturday this weekend. Uh, Hello, Adam. Hello, Nick. Uh, I, I can't believe I missed French Friday. I completely forgot to send up my French Friday cards. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was news to me. I didn't know either, um, uh, <laughs> and so I didn't even I didn't even have any French fries today on French Friday or yesterday. <laughs> one, technically, you know, technically, the one day I, yeah, the one day I didn't have any. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Um, so, did, did was Chicago the first city you you came to when you hit the U.S. or did you go some? Did you go to other places? I was I was in Dallas, Texas for a while, um, which is which is sort of a different it's a different speed from Chicago. Oh yeah, uh, and it's so funny because I mean I love Chicago, but God bless you, Chicago knows that it's a pretty good city. Yeah. Because when I got here, you know, I first got here, and I, people said, well, where were you before this? I said, Dallas. And people reacted like I just got back from a war zone. People were like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, have you tried this? It's called Italian beef. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was, the, what was the comedy scene like in, uh, in, in uh, Dallas? Um, it, I, I would watch a lot of comedy in Dallas. It, it, it was before I started doing comedy in Chicago. Oh, I see. Right. Um, yeah, because you guys were, um, you guys were cool, and you guys. <laughs> no, not not that I'm not not really knocking Dallas, but um, it was just a different vibe. Uh, Dallas is very spread out, and uh, I've I've never learned to drive. And if you don't have a car in Dallas, they kind of look at you like. Um, you have no face. They're just like, what, what's that guy's problem? Um, but uh, Chicago, what's great about Chicago, what's great about starting uh, comedy in a place like Chicago is you can always hop on a train or you can like, yeah. share a car or just like jump uh, you know, into like um, uh, a t- the Tamale guy's little, little carrying case and he'll just bring you to a show. So, um, yeah. No, it's, yeah, Chicago is such a... Um, um, for all its sort of tough guy attitude, it, it, you know, it, it can be really welcoming in certain, certain aspects. Yeah. So this is a really awesome place to start doing stand-up. Yeah, I haven't had a car for over 20 years. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you it's know, kind this of is, liberating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, well, it also saves you money. You don't have to pay for the insurance. You don't have to pay for upkeep. You don't have to pay for gas. But in, in, in this city, isn't it tickets? Yeah, you can I get... Think- you can get a lot of tickets too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I drove. I drove for a long time. I mean, I drove. Yeah. I, you know, I started driving when I was sixteen, and I drove till, like I said, about twenty years ago. 
I've, oh. I've never driven a car ever, but in Chicago, I think they've still just given me a parking ticket. Like, you just have to just, do your yeah, You have to get it, yeah. You, even if you don't have a car, you get parking tickets in Chicago. Yeah. That's, that's, you sit on that sidewalk for like five minutes too long. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you were in Dallas, and but you just said, okay, I'm going to go. Did, did you specifically pick Chicago because of the scene here? I had a I had a friend here, weirdly, bizarrely, uh, a friend of mine who I went to school with back in England. It was like, um, uh, like yourself, you sort of mentioned it, I think, before. I used to be married. I was married down in Dallas, and then that all went a bit south. Yeah. So I went north. Um, yeah, so yeah, I went yeah. the opposite direction of my marriage. So <laughs> I wound up... <laughs> I wound up here, and I had a friend who I knew from school, like back in, the, and I uh, and I just said, "If uh, could I crash on your couch for a couple of weeks and sort my life out?" And that was oh, 16 years ago now. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not still on his couch. I just want to make you that see. Clear. Yeah, you're not on his couch. No, you're not. Yeah, you're not. This is actually the show at Zany's is actually a fundraiser to get me off my friend's couch. <laughs> he he put the show on. Yeah, he's he. he I want you out of my house. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. So, uh, you, I mean, Zany's is uh, Zany's is such a special place, Adam. You, you got to love you got to love that room, right? Oh, it's great! It's great! It's 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 really um, uh, part of a, uh, a dying breed, and it's um, yeah. It, it you know, it's great for what's kind of great about it in, as, as a comedian is that it, it's not necessarily uh, a layup. You know what I mean? It, you know. The audiences there there can be a little tough, so but it's such a small, intimate room. Yeah, it's that you get this experience like of winning them over. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. it's, it's dark, and you're all and there's literally kind of no escape. So it's what's got you know, it, it's sort of um, it's sort of a cool little room, and it's just sort of like you and the light and the stage. You know, you know what I mean? So it's not really a lot of distractions. I guess is what I mean. Yeah, I've 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 done some stand up at Zany's and um, oh yeah, yeah, and I I love the fact that you're in danger of kicking someone's uh, drink right off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not for these shows because we will, of course, be uh, maintaining social distance. Yes, so that, so that one that won't be an issue for these. Yeah, I mean, I can't. It's 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 going to be so different to uh, to have social distancing in Zanies, considering how crammed that place usually is. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, it, 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 I think it's going to make, make a nice little change. Yeah, where yeah. <laughs> people will be able to be able to stretch a little bit. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. often? How often? How often do you write, Adam? Uh, I, I, um, I, you said like several times a week I, during, um, lockdown, I think lockdown has sort of changed everybody's behavior. So, um, I'm trying to, because I don't have the usual outlet of standup shows, uh, I've been trying to do more stuff online. And so I just kind of write about, um, I've been trying to, you know, I, I've been writing a lot about topical material, which is really hard because as you know, there's been absolutely nothing going on. Over the past six months, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, there's been no news whatsoever yeah. um, during 2020. But yeah, um, I, I I I try to write um, several times a week. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's 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 now you you mentioned that you've been doing some online stuff, and I've had mm-hmm. a couple of other comedians on over the past few weeks uh, yeah. during this uh, you know pandemic. And um, how how is the virtual comedy thing for you? Uh, it's, it is a little weird, but, you know, as, as a comedian, you, you sort of, you're always exercising different muscles anyway. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of your career. Adam, are you there? Or, oh, okay. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, um, yeah, you sort of move out of your comfort zone as part of the career arc of any comedian. And we've all sort of been um, perforce moved out of our comfort zone. So, you know, it is weird at first, but I think you, you figure out ways to deal with it and ways to sort of make it work to your advantage, if that makes sense. Yeah. It does make sense. Hey, uh, you do you find it, uh, American sense of humor uh, obviously different than where you come from? Um, it is, but it's not. None of everyone likes to say that everyone's sense of humor is completely different. I don't buy that. I think um, I, it's okay to say this. Like for instance, farts. There's no country in the world that doesn't find farts funny, and. <laughs> and if they say that, then they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think it, it's as different. Um, a lot of my comedian friends will agree uh, comedy in Ireland is hard because nearly every Irish person is funny. Uh. It, it's like, like uh, as a friend of mine said, you know, you'll go through customs and the customs guy is funny and then you'll get a cab from the airport and the cab driver is funny and then you'll check in the hotel and the concierge is funny you know it's, a, it's so i think I, it is i i gotta say i gotta say from personal experience i agree with you adam yeah right. <laughs> tom doesn't tom you don't agree no i don't agree because <laughs> i think i think last time i was in ireland or at least i went through ireland i think i met the le- the most unfunny customs man i've ever met <laughs> i yeah, uh was it was it a national holiday? Because he might have been a sub. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I might was, have got like a British guy in for the day. Yeah, I was coming. I was coming back from Scotland, and you know, you go through Ireland. You can go through customs in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And while I was in Scotland, I thought it would be nice to bring back a friend of mine a uh, a bottle of Johnny Walker, since I was in Scotland. So I had a bottle of scotch, and I had also bought a little uh, like a. A mug, a tea mug for my girlfriend. You know, you can get you can get Johnny Walker here. I'm aware. I'm aware. Well, you know, when you have duty free, I'm not paying no, taxes. I understand. On no, it. I understand. I understand. So, but the, the bottle he had had a little bit of heather on it. Yeah, and it, of- <laughs> it was extra smoky. But I, uh, you, you go to the customs, and uh, the fella at the desk asks you what you have. Yep. Uh, anything you'd like to declare? I said yes. Uh, I have a bottle of Johnny Walker. A slightly smaller bottle of Johnny Walker and a tea mug. And he says, What's the tea mug for? And I said, The Johnny Walker. And he just, no, no reaction. No reaction. I thought that was a decent, it's not, it's not the funniest joke ever told, but I thought it was a decent, you know, quip. Just, and he just, just nothing. Stone, just stone faced. I mean, he must have been missing the Gaelic or something like that. Anyway, the Gaelic was on TV or something. He missed it. Well, some Irish people are, are very serious about their tea. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe no, Johnny Walker. It might have to don't, don't put Johnny Walker in a teacup. You know what a teacup is for. It's for, it's for tea. <laughs> right. Uh, and good. then he hands you a giant stein because that's for Johnny Walker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam, hang on, okay? I will do, yeah. All right, yeah. having some fun. Adam Burke is here, and uh, he's playing uh, Zanies on Friday the 17th and Saturday the 18th. And we'll talk more with uh, Adam coming up here on 720 WGN.
too tall, could have used a few pounds. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio until 4 o'clock as we are every week, uh, day, night, week, night, day, whatever it is, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. 312-981-7200. Adam Burke is a comedian, and he'll be playing at Zany's this weekend, Friday and Saturday. And uh, Adam, welcome back. Hello, Nick. Hi, hello again. All right. Um, so I, I've noticed that you've opened up for a, a, a pretty big amount of comedians like Mark Marin and Jeff Ross, Hannibal Burris, John Mulaney. Yeah. Who are some of your favorites that you've worked with? Um, it's funny you mentioned John Mulaney. Uh, who I, I sort of knew when I really, really started. I, I met him a couple of times when I started, um, but he is, uh, I would love uh, to report that John Mulaney is a jerk and sort of break that news, but he's not. He's like, he's like the <laughs> sweetest guy. Um, and it, yeah, he's, he, he's, he was sort of this big star and I kind of got this gig opening for him. And it, he was the kind of guy where like, he noticed that I'd ordered a drink and it, it hadn't arrived. And he said, hold on, I'm going to take care of that for you. And it was so weird. Oh, wow. Cause yeah, he was it's just such, such a nice guy like, and so funny. Yeah, um, he's he's yeah. boy, he's having a moment, isn't he? Oh, he's, he, he, he yeah, he really is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's great. His his stuff is uh, really funny, and um, I also like, you know, he really indulges his nerdy side. Like he's really into musicals, and he does he does a lot of a lot of material about musicals more than you think any one person could get well, away with. But you know, some of the stuff that he wrote for Saturday Night Live is. Full on musical based. I mean that lobster. That yeah. lobster. That lobster sketch is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. Yeah, and that's all yeah. Mulaney. That's all Mulaney. Right. It's yeah. It's probably the best advertising advertising for Les Mis. <laughs> no, I, I, it, it was truly brilliant. I mean, I really yeah, was. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw that sketch, I was like, "Oh my god!" I uh, <laughs> this is unbelievable. And I love the <laughs> fact that that Pete Davidson just couldn't keep. <laughs> a straight face at all like he just didn't even try he was just laughing his head off during the whole thing that's what what's that's what's funny about that is you know sort of like um performers using their clout where i think back when Mulaney was just a writer on that show he'd pitched that he did yep. like six times and people were like never in a million years and then <laughs> yep. he went away and became this big star I was like how about now and they're like oh we're fine <laughs> yep no he told he told this story on one of the talk shows i can't remember which one i think it was yeah. I, I think it was uh seth meyers um All right. and he was talking about it and said that that sketch was years old like he pitched it a, <laughs> he pitched it a ton of times and, and 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 they said no every single time yeah yeah <laughs> some people you know some people use their platform for charity some use it to spread awareness about important issues other people use it to get their 7 year old lobster <laughs> sketch finally on here and i do not have a problem with that whatsoever no it's just it's a brilliant sketch though it really is <laughs> yeah Hey, uh, talk to us about uh, Doug Loves Movies. What's it like to work with Doug Benson besides uh, smelling like marijuana? <laughs> well, he's great. It, it, it really is. Um, he's, you know, Doug was one of the first sort of uh, comics uh, way, way back when. He was one of the first comedians that I sort of like knew as a national headliner that, that I opened for. Yeah. And uh, I was working at some, it was some situation where um, – uh, let's say everything wasn't necessarily on the up and up. Um, <laughs> and Doug found out that his openers at a support acts weren't getting paid. 
and he he like paid us out of his own pocket. Like so, he's always oh, been like man. a very yeah, he's always been like a very kind of nice guy. And he is, I mean, he is sort of um, he's one of those guys where um, it's not an act. Like, no, no. <laughs> you know, the guy you get on stage is the guy you get in person. He, he just he's just really laid back. And what's I tend to work with him. Um, around Cinco de Mayo, for, for whatever reason, he's always in Chicago, Chicago on Cinco de Mayo, uh-huh. and we and he does these crazy Cinco de Mayo shows up in Rosemont, and it's a weird tradition. And that is always, a little that is weird. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's but it's always really fun. He's he's really great. His fans are are, are fanatical, um, and his fans are very particular. It's like the Doug's Love Movies people are like very. Yeah. particular about how you play those games for the people who don't know it's the show's basically based around movie trivia games but it just happens to be with a bunch of comedians yeah so it's it's mainly us just kind of screwing around but i remember one time i i thought i'd won the game and i referred to kill bill uh, part two was my answer to a question. And, I, and if I'd gotten this right, I would have won the game. Yeah. And then and then one of the other players said, those movies were released in volumes, not parts. And right. the audience went crazy. It was like a right. Baptist revival meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was speaking in tongues. The people were like, this is what we came for. <laughs> we won nitpicky... <laughs> facts about movies yeah from 20 years ago yeah well it is volume one and two so uh yeah, it is <laughs> oh so you would have been right there with them All right. <laughs> I, I lost nick it's done yeah okay all right is this the first the gig that you're doing this weekend friday and saturday is the first time you've been um in front of a crowd since the coronavirus i've done a couple of spots this is going to be definitely my first headline gig um so i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to um play out um but yeah I've done, I've done a couple of small like 10 minute spots mm-hmm. now i know that they've they've got special rules in place at zany's now there's social distancing there's going to be hand sanitizers uh the staff is going to be wearing masks um you know and uh temperatures will be taken and things like that yeah. um yeah. so so they, they are gonna they are gonna make sure that everybody is safe so that they can go out and have a good time and see a live show for the first time in a long time you know yeah, they were really good about it because I asked them about that and they were like, they, you know, they were really upfront with like all of these um, precautions that they've taken, like really gone above and beyond. And, you know, I, I really do love the club. So like um, really trying to figure out a way that we can make it work and in a way that's really safe for people and really yeah. sort of figure out if, if this can be done in a responsible way. Yeah. Well, you know, if a club is going to do it, it's going to be Zany's because, uh, yeah. you know, Bert, Bert knows what he's doing. And, you know, right. uh, and it's, it's, it's such a great club. It really is. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm glad that people are able to go and see some live comedy. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, it's, I've been, I've been um, pleasantly surprised in the, in the little things that I've done um, that people are, you know, people, uh, the shows I've done so far, people have been really responsible. People have been wearing the masks, social distancing, but also, like, they really do seem to, like, dig it and really get a release out of seeing, uh, seeing stand-up again. Yeah, no, I, well, you know, you know, obviously there was a, a long period of time when everybody had to be in the house and stay in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people were going a little stir-crazy, you know, and, yeah. and, and missing live events and, you know, yeah. live music and, and live comedy and, 
even going to the movies, people, you know, um, yeah, miss that too. Just getting out, but yeah. we got to be, we have to be safe though. That's the most important thing is to. I, I can't wait till that moment when I'm standing in a 15 deep line at the uh, at the movie theater waiting to get some whoppers, thinking I can't believe I missed this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very, very, very true. Uh, t- tell me about you. You've done. Uh, Wait, wait, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. How do you how, how do you prepare for that show? Tell me about the experience of doing that show. Uh, it's really great. I tell you, like I, I've been doing it for about five years now, and they they are like a lovely bunch of people. And it's uh, it was very intimidating to start doing it, but um, there's a, a comedian called Peter Gross, um, who's a fantastic uh, actor and comedian. And I remember he gave me a great piece of advice, and he was like, "You know, the show's so well put together." And the staff said, like, you can't really break the show. Yeah. Um, so they do kind of encourage you to sort of, um, you know, tr- tr- try, you know, try to input. And, you know, I've done a couple that we've done social distancing, and it's been weird. But, again, like, um, it's such a good staff that they've just kind of figured it out. Um, it's, it's a funny show when you said preparing for it. What I, what I found with it is, you know, some comedians would, some people come with prepared stuff. And I tried doing that, and I noticed my prepared stuff always bombs. Oh. I don't know what it is. Whenever, whenever I think of, I, I write something down, I go, that, that'll probably come up, and I'll do that. And for some reason, that it always lays an egg. But, when I, but if I just kind of shut up and listen to people and kind of respond in the moment, then, then I tend to have more fun. But it's a, it's a great, great show. Yeah, it is. I love that show. I really do. Oh, awesome. It's, awesome. it's very entertaining. So uh, I, I see that you've been doing YouTube videos where you're just mixing drinks and talking about the news. What, how, how did you, <laughs> you come up with that? Um, yeah, it was weird because I, I think everyone has sort of like developed weird skills um, during this um, uh, during this lockdown. One thing I was I had been doing. Uh, there's a company called Lincoln Lodge, a, a comedy club. Yeah, yeah. And I've been I've been teaching um, topical stand up through them. So I'd sort of been get working that muscle again. At the same time, you know, um, I, I, uh, my girlfriend and I sort of put together this cocktail bar, and it just kind of like uh, it's just one of those things where kind yeah. of a, a light flipped on. We're like. You know, I'm going to be making myself a couple of drinks anyway, and I'm going right. to be, you know, writing topical jokes. Just, just try them. And it was just, um, I, I think it was just like, if not now, then when? You know what I mean? It's sure. like I had the time, um, and it's it's a good it's a good sort of schedule to keep myself honest because you know every Friday I have to sit down and write. It's like four jokes and a cocktail. There you go. So, <laughs> it's just—it's a super simple thing. It's—I think too. Um, uh, the, the great thing about the internet is, you know, you don't have to rely on big production budgets, and you don't have to rely. Like, you just have an idea; it's doable. Right. You just do it. So yeah. this is this seemed pretty reasonable. Yeah, it's called the five o'clock somewhere news. I just—I make a drink and I do some jokes about the news, and hopefully, people will like it. Yeah. Okay, and uh, is it your YouTube channel? It's uh, it's available there. Are you there? 
Oh, sorry. There's a weird dead spot. <laughs> I think part of my kitchen ceiling is made of lead, and that's why I keep dropping out. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I think there must have been, there's one part of our kitchen that was made in the 1930s, I think, <laughs> that, that um, even Superman couldn't see through. Um, yes, uh, it's uh, Adam Burke or ATP Burke uh, on Instagram and YouTube, okay. and you can find it on there. Right. Um, I've only done a few, but it's but I really enjoy doing it, and it kind of keeps me honest. And I get a drink at the end of it, too. There you so. go. All right. <laughs> All right. Adam, a real pleasure to talk to you, man. Um, you, too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, you're at Zany's on Friday and on Saturday. Yeah. Um, uh, just one show each night? I believe it's two shows on Saturday and one show on Friday. Okay. There you go. And you can check out zanies.com for more information. Uh, and, and, and they are taking precautions and social distancing and masks and all that stuff. So it'll be safe and fun. Uh, Adam, thanks, man. Really pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you, Nick. All okay, take care. Adam Burke, very, very nice guy, very funny guy. Uh, and he, he's at Zanies this, uh, this weekend. Zanies.com for more information. All right. It's uh, 720 WGN. Cross, man. Man, did Roy Leonard hate sailing. He hated that song so much. I always think of that. Whenever I think of Christopher Cross, I think of Roy Leonard, the late, great Roy Leonard, hating the song Sailing. <laughs> it's Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Hey, uh, yesterday, technically now, was... Uh, French Fry, it was a National French Fry Day. Uh, do you have favorite fries in the uh, in the city? What are the best French fries in Chicago? There are a lot of places to get good fries in this city. 312-981-7200 on the Team Hockberg phone line. 312-981-7200. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom as well. You have a favorite place to get fries? Hmm. I'll, I'll say the closest place I get fries if I'm just jonesing for fries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake's Pup in the Rough. Jake's Pup in the Rough. Yeah, Jake's Pup in the Rough. Where is that? That? Uh, that is at the corner of Montrose and Sheridan. How do I not know that place? Yeah. It's uh, one of those real greasy spoon types places where you can get burgers, a taco, and half a chicken if you want. Mm-hmm. Um or gyros, they just they just make everything RC on the soda gun. Come on, as God intended. Come on, what do you mean? Come on, it's RC, man. <laughs> Giving it away for free. Forget the forget the Pepsi Coke War. Yeah, give me that Royal Crown Cola. Okay, but they got good fries. They got real good fries. Crinkle cut. Oh, I like the crinkle cut. Crinkle cut's good. Um, curly fries, great. But I still think a little. Low, I think people go a little crazy for them. I agree. I agree. Do you have favorite French fries? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We've got uh, a whole article here, 
And the Chicago Tribune picked their 20 top picks. They tried uh, they, they tried 106 restaurants. 106 restaurants. These are best French fries under five bucks. So it's not these fancy, schmancy, you yeah. know, French fries that you're going to pay $15 for. No truffle salt. No. Which, although if you can get truffle salt on your fries, do it. Well, yeah. But uh, of the many ways to describe Chicago, a French fry paradise probably doesn't spring to mind first. A uh, city stuffed with extra thick pizza and political corruption? Sure. But a Shangri-La of freshly cut potatoes bubbling in hot oil? Not exactly. Well, perhaps you should reconsider. Well, you can find great fries all over the country. The sad fact is that even when you discount most fast food chains, the majority of restaurants purchase frozen fries. It's cheaper and easier to do. Um, But... For some stubborn reason, Chicago is a city dedicated to fresh-cut French fries, the kind that start with actual potatoes punched through a fry cutter and then cooked twice in oil, first at a lower temperature and then at a higher temperature. The fries that emerge from the oil sport crispier crusts and creamier insides than your frozen counterparts. Instead of tasting like oil, they capture pure potato flavor. Uh, Restaurants at every price point and in all areas of the city serve fresh-cut fries from fancy new West Loop spots to old-school hot dog stands. It's so common, most people here don't even realize how good we have it. Uh, This has to explain why most hot dog stands automatically toss in a bag of fries free with every order. So, uh, what do you think? Best fries. Um... We got a whole bunch of uh, categories here. They went through, so they went to 106 restaurants. That's a lot of French fries. That's eating a lot. That's a lot of French fries to eat. 106 restaurants. So they picked the best 20. And this is uh, out of the Chicago Tribune. So, uh, do you have a favorite place to get French fries? I enjoy a good French fry. What's not to like? It's potato. It's salty. It's good. It's not good for your uh, heart, but it's good for your soul. Correct. Correct a mundo, as uh, Fonzie would say. Here's Brian on Funny. WGN. Hey, Brian. Hey, what's going on? Nick? Hey, what do you got? Byron's on Irving Park. Yeah. Well, there's also, there's also a Byron's on Lawrence, too. Um, yeah, but Byron's, Byron's on Irving is the original, and you have to ask him for well done. For well-done fries. Well-done fries, and you put them on the hot dog, and they're just out of this world. Yeah. You should know that. You're from around the area. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I grew up at, uh, I grew up right in that area. I've been there, I've been there, Byron's I've been there a million great. times. Been there a million times. Been to the one on, on Lawrence as well a million times. Barnaby's as well, the pizza place, Barnaby's. Did you mm-hmm. ever have their fries? Oh, yeah, they're oh, yeah. similar to Byron. Yeah, years ago. I mean, years ago. Barnaby's is not around anymore, is it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, there's like th- there's three locations, and they're prime with the pizza. You have to get the fries first, and you put a bunch of pepper on it. You open your own packets, and then you have your why why wait for the pizza, and then the pizza comes out, and then you got your your crispy fries, and they be a whole basket. They're great. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Uh, thanks, Brian. Where have you been, Nick? Where, 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 what do you mean? 
Nick, Bar- Barnaby's is classic. They've been around for, no, oh my I, God, their fries are outstanding. No, I know. I, I just haven't been to a Barnaby's in many years, and I didn't know if they were open or not. You're missing out, dude. You yeah. are missing out, my friend. Okay. Thanks, Brian. I'm telling you, Nick. All right, I got mm-hmm. you. I understand. Thank you, Brian. I have more. I mean, what, what else do you I, I have the whole lot. What else do you want? No, I'm good, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> um. So here's what they got. The first one that they mention here in the article is Novi's Beef, $1.75. Don't be tempted by the curly fries on the menu. Those come from the freezer. Instead, make sure you order the fresh cut fries, which have a delicate crunch and a soft interior. They are uh, the ideal partner with the restaurant's thinly sliced Italian beef, which is made in-house. Novi's Beef, buck seventy-five. And it's at 6746 Ogden in Berwyn. Berwyn? I have that, don't I? Berwyn! Right. <laughs> um, Novi's Beef in Berwyn. Mini Mott. Mini Mott. 295 shoestring fries with delightful dipping sauces from the owners of Mott Street Restaurant comes the cutest French fry experience I've had in our quest. Don't let the pink tray fool you. The fries themselves have a tiny but mighty taste, crisp yet retaining soft potato nature. Help yourself to ketchup, hot sauce, chipotle, aioli. Uh, And uh, the naked fries are also available dressed with oil, poached garlic. Oh, boy. Oof. And that's at Mini Mott, which is at 3057 West Logan Boulevard. I've never been there. Have you ever been there? Um, I've gone by it. I've gone by it. That's right. That's like right in Logan Square. Oh, yeah. Um, I, although I thought it was, <laughs> I was thinking the way you said mini Mott, I thought it was like, you know, mini M-A-H-T, like a person from Boston would say Mart. Oh, it's Mott, M-O-T-T. Yeah, I'm going to the mini Mott. You want some fries? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, here's Rich on WGN. Hi, Rich. Hey, Nick. How yeah. are you? All right. What's up? Um... Gene and Jude's uh, hands down River Grove. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Gene and Jude's is legendary. That's the be- it's the best hot dog in the city. Too. I should have bought the joint. I had a chance to. Yeah, it's the it's the it's I the. I was going to buy that and buy the whale, tear the whale down, and reverse the restaurant and have our drive through off a of grand. <laughs> yeah. All right, I've Rich. Never got that fun. Thanks, Rich. Take care. Nick. All right, buddy. Gene and Jude's man. For me, it's the best hot dog in the city. Well, it's in River Grove. But, and they slap, they're fresh cut fries. They have a, just a gigantic container full of real potatoes back there. They put them on the, on the little slicer thing. Slice them right into the fryer. You can't get fresher than that. And then they slap, you know, the, 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 the key is, you know, they salt up the fries right out of hot oil. And then they slap them on the hot dog. And they wrap it together. Ooh. Have you not been to Gene and Jude's? Not in a very long time. They, they, yeah, they, they, they slap the fries right onto the hot dog. And then right in there. all that oil and salt from the fries mixes in with the, with the hot dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, a little, you get some mustard and onions sure. on your, sure, on sure, your sure. fry as well. You know, I really want to drive over to Superdog tomorrow. I might have to get a Superdog. It's been a very long time. 
I miss that. It's been a real long time since I've been to Superdome. Yeah, they've got that nice ma- the mascot. Of, isn't it? Yeah. It's a wiener wearing like a, like well, a it's, Fred it's Flintstone a, thing going on, right? Well, it's it's Mr. Superdog and Mrs. Superdog. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. The owners. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Superdog. They're married. <laughs> what do you think they had at the reception? Hot dogs. Oh, God. That's a terrifying <laughs> prospect. They're cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they know the good taste of a hot dog. They've I, tasted um, flesh. I um, when I was a kid, I loved Superdog. I mean, I still like it. I just haven't been there in a long time. And I also think that just the the, the fact that it's a that it's a, that it's a drive in is fun. Yeah, it. it I mean, it still looks. Like something out of the fifties. Oh, absolutely! And that's that's the most fun part about it. Absolutely. You know who loves Superdog? Oh, Steve and Johnny. Yeah, that's what I'm love talking about. Love Superdog. Listen, Steve, Johnny, if you're listening, let's go to Superdog tomorrow. You've got my number. I love Superdog. I do, but I gotta say, my favorite is Gina Juice. I mean, you're. I think that might be one of the top three. I'm gonna. Say, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be in there with everybody. You yeah. know, I, Gina Juice. Though you mentioned that, people's eyes light up. Oh yeah. No, it's a legendary place. Uh, French fries is what we're talking about. Yesterday was National French Fry Day, and I've got an article here from the Tribune where they tracked down the 20 best French fries in the city. Uh, and uh, we would love to hear from you. Do you have a favorite French fry place? These, uh, This specific article is the best Chicago's best French fries under 5 bucks. So it's not that fancy schmancy stuff that you can get at a fine restaurant. These are just like regular French fries. What are the best ones? 312 981 Seven two hundred. Uh, we would love to hear from you and your favorite French fries. All right, let's go to the news. Hello. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio, here until 4. Uh, at 2.30 every morning, we play uh, back some classic Johnny Carson, whether it be uh, some stand-up or a sketch or an interview. Uh, you can catch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV. And a classic uh, visit with Joan Rivers from 1978 is what we're going to be hearing uh, after 2.30. Uh, the Pepsi Coke Wars, bizarre comp, uh, competitions, and right now we're talking about the best fries in Chicago for under five bucks. Do you have favorite fries? French fries? 312 981 7200 on the Team Hochberg phone line. 312 981 7200. All right. How about Dave's Red Hots? I love it when they refer to it as a red hot. What what makes a red hot versus a hot dog? Is it a different there's blend a, of spices? Or? Uh, there's a well. This the I think the casing is red, is you know, and that's why it's called a red hot. But I think there are a few differences between that. But I love it when they call them red hots. Dave's Red Hots, which is at thirty four twenty two Roosevelt Road, two dollars and seventy cents. For the French fries. Old school neighborhood fries. This is the oldest hot dog restaurant in Chicago with a history that dates back to 1938. Wow. I didn't know that. 
The building may be boarded up upstairs, uh, but that doesn't deter the steady stream of customers in Home and Square. I don't remember if owner if owner Gina Fountain actually called me sweetheart, but it was understood, as is her family's thoughtful care with the fries. Fat and satisfying. Uh, they bear a burnish comparable, uh, comparable to an original wood, the original wooden booths, and a soul as true. That sounds good. Dave's Red Hots. I did not know that that was the oldest uh, hot dog restaurant in the, in the city. Hmm. That old, huh? Nineteen thirty-eight. That's a long time, man. We'll we'll get to live through hopefully a hundred years of hot dogs if we're lucky. Nineteen thirty-eight. Nineteen thirty-eight. It's over on Roosevelt Road. How about the region? The region. Um, it's at twenty fifty-seven West Roscoe. So the region specializes in an ultra-smashed burger style that you'll encounter most often around northwest Indiana at places like Shoops. But unlike the South Suburban chain, the region makes its own fries. Instead of using frozen spuds, they are cooked until nearly brown, picking up a distinct roasted aroma along the way. They are delicious. Anybody been to the region? I like those smashed burgers. Those are good. Very distinctive, too. But, uh, yeah, I've never been to the region. Anybody been to the region? 2057 West Roscoe in the city. You can check out theregionburgers.com. Um, so, these the famous ultra-smashed burger style. That's pretty cool. I'd love to try that. I mean, I've tried them, but not at the region. Oh, yeah, man. Sounds good. All right, how about Johnny's Grill? Johnny's Grill over on Lincoln Avenue, 5313 Lincoln Avenue in uh, Skokie. Two bucks. Uh, This is not exactly a rule, but you can usually expect delicious things in an establishment that hangs a neon sign in the front window advertising its fresh-cut fries. Talk about good priorities. It's also nice to see some large boxes of potatoes stacked in the kitchen, just waiting to be cut and fried. Sure enough, these fries are incredibly satisfying with a crust that stays crisp crisp, even after cooling down. Yeah, I've been there. It's great. Good food, great fries. Yep, no question about it. So, French fries is what we're talking about here. If you want to jump in, 312-981-7200. And um, if you want to, uh, if you want to get in here, what are your favorite French fries? Do you have some? You have a place that has your favorite French fries? How about Burger Movement? And that's M O O V, as in moo, you know, like a cow. Burger Movement. This is at seventy-five twelve West North Avenue in Elmwood Park. Never been there. Two dollars ten cents for your fries. The Burger Movement Burger Joint is all about keeping its food thin. The burgers feature beef patties that have been smashed on a hot griddle, and its fries are skinny, hovering in between the thickness of the kind that you would find at McDonald's and super-thin shoestring fries. 
even though they are crispy on the outside, they are somehow stay soft within. That sounds good. Boy, the smash the smashy uh, beef patties are uh, are I guess a big thing there. That's that's three three restaurants we've been talking about where they do the smashed beef patty, which I enjoy. Again, Burger Movement, and that's M O O V M E N T. BurgerMovement.com. On uh, North Avenue in Elmwood Park. So, uh, super thin shoestring fries. I like shoestring fries. They're tasty. All right. Uh, phone lines are open. If you want to jump in, we would love to hear from you. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. Do you have a favorite place to get French fries? Yesterday was National French Fry Day. And uh, what do you recommend? 312-981-7200. It's Nick DiGilio on WGN. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Uh, we're live in the Skyline studio here until uh, 4. 312-981-7200. That's the phone number. We would love to hear from you. Do you have a favorite place to get French fries? From the Chicago uh, Tribune, the best French fries under 5 bucks. They went to 106 restaurants, and they picked the 20 best. Uh, but we want to hear from you. Do you have a favorite place to get French fries? Here's Chris on WGN. Hi, Chris. What's going on, Nick? Yeah. Hey. So uh, I'll tell you, Gibson's has really great steak fries if you go there for lunch as well. You know, Gibson's is known for their baked potatoes and stuff like that. But if for a lunch, their steak fries are just unbelievable as well, to be honest. You know, if you like the steak fry, you know, portion of, the, yeah. of your topic, you know what I mean? They're sure. really good. All right. Gibson's. Okay. Thanks. Gibson's is really cool. Okay, thanks, Chris. You know that, hey, Nick. Yes. Where are you going, pal? You, you- okay. <laughs> uh, by the way, that would not fall under the category of $5 or under. If you- <laughs> but if you want to go for the extra the oh, extra mile. The extra mile. You want the fancy steak cut fries. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you more than $5, though, <laughs> yeah. because it's Gibson's. At what at what point does a French fry become a wedge, uh, or a or like when a, it's a wedge? Yeah, when is when is it? You know, because steak fries are pretty thick They're, cut. Yeah, no, steak fries are close to wedges, but but wedges I think are exclusive to KFC. Well, not anymore. They got rid of the wedges. What they got rid of? They got rid of the wedges. Did you not hear about this? What? <laughs> Wait a minute. They got, the, they got rid of the wedges. Why? I, I don't know why they did. They just did, man. Now they they just got fries. They got KFC no, no. fries. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. They have to bring back the wedges. I don't know. I mean, call they Call up the colonel right now. Get the colonel on the line right now. I want to speak to him. Get those wedges back. How can you get rid of the wedges at KFC? 
Oh, I love the wedges. Of course, I haven't been to a KFC in a very long time. Right. So. But uh, but it sounds like uh, somebody is going to be missing out on their wedges. Well, yeah. Where is my uh, wedges? <laughs> oh, here it is. I am just an old man trying to get some wedges. <laughs> the guy was so mad. I am just an old man trying to get some wedges. It was at the uh, the old KFC at Andersonville. He was not happy about the girl saying sweetheart and darling behind the counter. He was not happy. He was right in front of me, too. And, like, every time she would say something, like, she was, like, overly, you know, she's very, he was just trying to be really sweet and call she's everybody. doing her best. Yeah. My name was a little much, I have. I would have to admit. It was a little much. Um, But he was not having it. Like, every time, you know, somebody would come up to the counter and she would go, oh, how are you doing there, sweetheart? He'd be like, Ugh. he'd be making noises. <laughs> he just wanted his wedges, man. And now the, the old man can't get wedges. What? When did they stop the wedges? Oh man! I mean, they started. They discontinued it uh, early last month. Come on now! Dead serious. About a month ago. No wedges. That's just not good. You, I don't even understand that logic. Well, who knows? You might have to try the KFC fries. Uh, I already know that I prefer wedges. Open, open your mind a little bit here to the possibility. I want wedges. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will say this. I don't get. I, I. You know. I haven't. Well, first of all, I haven't been to KFC in a long time. But when I would opt for a side. Mm-hmm. It. I would get wedges every once in a while, but it was always mashed potatoes and gravy. Of course. Oh my god! In fact, if I could just get two tubs of gravy, yeah, no, they're, drink they're, that. They're, that's they're, a meal. Their mashed potatoes and gravy are, is great. It's great. Always, always has been great. Always consistently great for years and years and years. KFC's mashed potatoes and gravy. Okay. Uh, best French fries under five bucks. The Burger Social in Wheaton. You ever been to the Burger Social? No, I've I've been to a Burger Social. You mean like a party? Sort of. <laughs> it's like an ice cream social, but instead of ice cream, it's burgers. Ah, uh, yes. I think better overall. I'd take a Burger Social. Three bucks for your fries at the Burger Social. In Wheaton. This trendy burger joint in Wheaton spends a lot of time on its website discussing its burger as it should. It's a great big juicy offering which uses beef from local producers. But Burger Social should also highlight the fries which come out of the kitchen with a gorgeous blonde hue. Each one also has a remarkably crisp crust and a pleasing baked potato-like interior. That sounds good. So that's uh, 108 North Hale Street in in, uh, Wheaton. If you've been to any of these places, 312-981-7200, do you want to jump in and you have like a favorite 
French fry place. Burger Belly. Oh, this is right by, this is not very far from where I live, right by my parents' place. Burger Belly, very good. Place is really good. 5739 West Irving Park Road. Uh, Burger Belly, 245 for your for your fries. Super crunchy fries, ready to rock. If you're worried about the loud music played at, with Burger Belly's rock and roll theme, rest assured, the baby at the next table slept in his carrier as this family-friendly restaurant, at this family-friendly restaurant. Husband and wife co-owners... Steve and Nicole O'Brien opened in Portage Park six years ago, weathering the neighborhood's changes. Through it all, the burgers started starred, but the fries deserve a solo, too. A nearly crazy potato chip crunch breaks through to a soft, tender finish. Get mayo as you as a dip, like you're back from a European tour. You ever use mayonnaise on your fries? Jeez. I can't say I have. I can't say I have. I have. What's that like? It's good. I mean, I mean, I like mayonnaise. I put mayonnaise on anything, and it makes it better. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big mayonnaise guy and a Miracle Whip guy. That's that's like illegal. It's like a, that. That what you just said is illegal. I like both of you them. You cannot like both. You I can, like both you can of like them. One or the other. I like them both. I grew up in a Miracle Whip family, in a house. That's what we had. We didn't have mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. And then when I ventured out into the adult world, I was in a mayonnaise world because I had roommates. And, you know, many roommates don't like Miracle Whip. But I have a jar of each. I like them both. You're like Neo in the Matrix. You're the one that could bring <laughs> unity. Well, it's weird. I mean, I, it, you know, I, I'd probably have a different opinion if I didn't grow up. All we had was Miracle Whip when I was, when I was growing up. I'd probably have a different opinion of, of these sandwich spreads had I grew up in a mayonnaise family. You know, are there any, were there any, anybody else out there from a, from a Miracle Whip family? I don't think there are that many people. I think the vast majority of people come from a, 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 a mayonnaise family. And if you, if you're a Miracle Whip, if you came from a Miracle Whip family, you're unique. 312-981-7200. Oh, now we're in my neck of the woods. Susie's drive through That place rules. You ever been to Susie's? I have not. It's 4126 West Montrose. Like right around the corner from where I live. I think it's still open right now. I think they're open, tw- I think 24 hours? Well, probably not at the present moment. Oh, yeah. Probably not at the present moment. But they're normally, they're normally uh, twenty. I think they're twenty four hours. I know it's. I know they're open late when they're open. Susie's is probably best known for its creatively topped loaded fries, chili, cheese, chicken, gyros, Polish sausages, bacon. You can get it all on top of your fries. But it turns out that the fries underneath deserve some attention too. They have a remarkably thin crust, which gives way to a supremely soft interior. Instead of salt, uh, they are given a shake of seasoning salt, which adds an unexpected flavor profile, a little spicy, weirdly savory to each bite. Susie's is great, man. It's great. When it's open. And it's another one of those places where, like, you know, you go there about 2 o'clock in the morning and you're going to see a bunch of things. 
<laughs> you know, honestly, I think that Chicago could stand to have a few more 24-hour places. I feel like there's there's some, but not a whole lot. Yeah. Most of them diners. Yeah, most the of 20, them are. I mean, the, you know, the Diner Girl on Irving. That's the, diner Girl on Irving. The uh, the Golden Nugget. Oh, sure. Everybody loves nugget. the Nugget. You got to love the Nugget. Yeah. The Golden Apple. Yeah, the Golden Apple. That's on Lincoln. Yeah, it's really good. It's what's well, the same. I think it's the same corporation. I think. Oh, really? Golden. Yeah, Gold, I mean the Golden Corporation. Yeah. Owner of fine diners all across this land. I wonder what it must be like to work in a twenty-four hour diner. I've I, never worked anywhere that's open twenty-four hours. I mean, except for technically here, but yeah, we don't have customers. No, we don't. We have Dan. Yeah, <laughs> that's our guy right there. <laughs> um. Like a Waffle House. What's that like to work in a Waffle oh, House? Oh, I, I, I couldn't even I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to work in a Waffle House. Who's like who's coming into a Waffle House at three thirty in Kid the morning? Kid Rock. Kid Rock is. Yep. I would hope if I worked in a twenty four hour Waffle House, I hope Kid Rock would walk in. I'll tell you something though, man. Waffle houses are awesome. They are awesome. So, all right, um, we got more. Great French fries to talk about. 312-981-7200. Do you have a special place? And have you tried any of these places that have been mentioned in the article that we are reading from? Jillio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the uh, Skyline studio here until 4 o'clock. Coming up, our classic comedy from Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV. A visit from Joan Rivers from 1978. We're going to talk about the world's most bizarre competitions and stories from the Pepsi-Coke War. The Cola Wars, man. It was a tough time in the old... Homestead. Brother against brother. Uh. So um, we're talking about great French fries. Um, the Chicago Tribune visited 106 restaurants. They picked their favorite, their 20 favorites of best French fries under five bucks. If you have a place or you've eaten at any of these places and you'd like to share it, 312-981-7200. Lucky Burger and Grill in Mundelein on Butterfield Road. Lucky Burger and Grill. Two fifty for your fries. This Vegas-themed shop in Mundelein serves textbook fresh-cut French fries with a crunchy exterior and fluffy interior. The restaurant cooks the fries in vegetable oil, but the owner let me know he changes that oil often because old oil can lead to, to, lead to off flavors. Sometimes it's the simplest things that making sure you have fresh oil, which is which distinguish fries from truly memorable ones. It's true. Got to change out that oil. You know, years and years ago when I worked at McDonald's, you like McDonald's fries? I think they're pretty good. Yeah, most people love them. They're satisfying. I think they're a satisfying fast food fry. Personally, I like Wendy's a little bit better. That's my dad's favorite. Yeah, Burger King tastes like cardboard. 
Uh, I like Burger King. No. But, those, uh, those fries. Uh, McDonald's fries. People love McDonald's fries. I think I think White Castle has great fries. White well, Castle yeah, has nice great fries. They got the crinkle, crinkle cut. Crinkle cut. Crinkle cut. But I remember years and years ago when I was working at McDonald's, some moron um, dropped a dropped a basket of fries into the fillet of fish oil. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wonder if that would, ta- would taste drastically different, you think? Would taste like fish. Is that how that... I mean... Is it just the oil that you fry the fillet in? Yeah, you would put the fillet of fish in the fillet of fries. Yeah, I'd eat that. Yeah, do then you know do they think, become fish sticks? Then you know. Uh, well, this idiot just you know he <laughs> dropped it in the in the oil, and I was like, hey, hey, you can't cook fries in the in the fillet of fish oil. And now we had to change the oil out because the fries, you know. So then the oil had to be drained out. The manager was real th- thrilled about that. But um, you know what makes the filet of fish? You know why the filet of fish is, is such a special uh, sandwich? Not just because of the greatest commercial of all time. The, here's the key. Are you ready to the key? Do you know the key to why the filet of fish? Can you, can, do you, can you even key it? The steamed bun. The steamed bun. That's the key. It's the only sandwich on the McDonald's menu with a steamed bun, as far as I know, or at least when I worked there, and that was like in the 80s. But that's the key. Steamed bun. Just that one piece of cheese. You need a little tartar sauce. It's a good sandwich. I used to steam the other buns in the steamer, like if I was making myself a sandwich. So... Oh, here we go. Bobo's Hot Dogs. You ever been to Bobo's? Bobo's. Uh, once. 8258 West Irving. Um, 235 for you. Bobo's is great. I love Bobo's. Been there a million times. 235 for your, uh, for your, is your price for your fries. Clean edged, classic Northwest side style fast food fries. A 50s diner vibe includes memorabilia showing namesake founder Bobbo and the converted bus that the shop once called home. Phyllis Bartell and her family took over in the 70s. Now, fryer baskets filled with fries always stand ready in Irving Woods. Crisp and fluffy, these textbook fresh cut fries. Uh, you can help yourself to ketchup and celery salt if you like. Like all Chicago-style hot dog stands, paradoxically, there are no condiment rules with fries. Bobo's is good, man. That's a good hot dog joint. I haven't been there in a long time. I think I need to go there at some point. Whenever go visit Bobo's. Yeah. Edzo's Burger Shop, which is on Sherman and Evanston. Edzo's Burger Shop. Never been there. Two and a quarter for your French fries. So doesn't uh, Harvey Keitel at one point say, uh, because Michael Madsen comes in, he's, he's drinking the shake. And Reservoir Dogs. He's drinking the shake, and he goes, would you like some French fries? Doesn't he say it like that? Would you, would you like some French fries? And then Michael Madsen's like, I ate him on the way here, or something like that. You gonna bark all day, little dog? Or are you gonna bite? Yeah. Did you did you forget your French fries? Did you forget your French fries. <laughs> uh, 
Edzo's Burger Shop. As I mentioned, it's in Evanston. Two and a quarter. When I asked Eddie Lakin, owner of Edzo's, what the fries, what made the fries at his Evanston Burger Shop so good, he exhaustively walked me through every prop step of the process. This was an excellent sign because it proved that how much he considered every step. Like most places, he fries the potatoes twice, once at a lower temperature to evenly cook the middle and then a higher temperature to crisp the outside. But in between, he cools the fries down, which helps make the crust much crispier when cooked a second time. Would you forget your French fries to go with the soda? (laughs) He just says it so weird. Your French fries? Would you forget your French fries to go with the soda? (laughs) One of the few pieces of dialogue you can actually play on the radio from that movie. (laughs) I remember the first time I saw Reservoir Dogs, Dave Kerr, who, in my opinion, uh, best film critic ever, he spent a significant amount of time here in Chicago, and I got to know him. He's my idol as far as movie critics go. He's a genius. And I got to know him. I became friends with him, which is amazing. He had seen it before I did. Um, and so they had a screening, and he came a second time. And he specifically came up to me, like, at the screening, and he's getting, he, and he goes, Nick, you are going to love this movie. <laughs> Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? <laughs> How did you not know that's Virginia Madsen's brother? I don't I don't know, man. I just never I never thought about it. Wow. I never really never particularly thought about it. I mean, Virginia Madsen I only really knew from Candyman and then Sideways. That's it? I think so, yeah. Man, you're missing out. She's, I was. She's a lovely woman. She is. I got you. You made me shake her. Well, not made me. You let me shake her hand. She let me shake yeah. her hand, shake her hand, which was very. I nice. got a kiss and a hug from her. You did. <laughs> you did from Virginia Madsen. There's a picture of me and her in our office, mm-hmm. hanging on the window. She's lovely. She really is. She was even lovelier than I thought she would. She would be. I forgot to bring my sideways poster. I was going to make her do the monologue for me, but, she, you know, the monologue from Sideways about her talking about wine. It's one of the greatest monologues. Oh, my God. I fell in love with... I was in love with her already. You know what movie you should go back and see? You know, uh, it's one of her first movies, um, Electric Dreams. A little dated. It's like from the mid-'80s. She was also in... Um, Oh, geez. What was the name of that movie with Peter O'Toole? Not Creator? Yeah, that movie with Peter O'Toole. You know that one movie with Peter O'Toole? Yeah, I didn't know she was in Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Peter O'Toole, Tom, have you ever seen The Stuntman? Yeah. Oh. And it was Creator. Yeah, Creator, yeah. She's in that. Did you ever hear about Peter O'Toole's brother? Oh, God. What? Miles? Miles O'Toole? What is that supposed to mean? What? What is it? Is that a joke? Yeah. What does it mean? What, and what am I missing? I'll tell you later. 
Okay. <sighs> Top-notch beef burgers on 95th Street. Top-notch has been doing things the old-fashioned way since 1942. That means all the beef for the burgers is ground at the restaurant, and most relevant for this discussion, that the fries are cooked in oil laced with beef tallow. Oh. So even the fries might appear like standard blonde-hued diner fries, but they have a meaty backbone that makes them far more satisfying. You know, uh, we hated people who would come in and order at McDonald's and order fries with no salt. You had to take the bin apart and clean it. You had to empty the empty the fry bin and wipe it down and clean it. <sighs> yeah, no salt on those fries. Oh, come on, man. Who asks for no salt? Lots of people. At least in the 80s. When I was working at when I was working at McDonald's, yeah, it was it, no, it was a pretty popular request. People were like, "Yeah, no salt on the fries," but yeah, it was a pain in the neck. That's a mistake. It's a pain in the neck. Well, some people can't have salt. That's true. Well, maybe don't go to McDonald's. Well, man. that's true. I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a low sodium diet. Can I get those fries with no salt, please? Yeah, I get. Good lord. <laughs> Yeah, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. You know, I shouldn't have a lot of sodium. So let's let's go to McDonald's. Hey, I'm lactose intolerant. Who wants to go get some ice cream? Oh. Let's get a let's get a cheese pizza, extra cheese. That's ridiculous. All right. Um, so we got a few more of these uh, French fries places. If you want to uh, jump in here, do you have a favorite French fry? Did you bring your French fries? <laughs> to go along with your drink i really hate when people put emphasis on the wrong word it's harvey Keitel; he can do whatever he wants i bet he says like uh if he was going to get electronics he'd go to best buy <laughs> did you forget to go to best buy yeah all right uh 312-981-7200 is the phone number we'll finish up the discussion about uh great french fries french fries and if you uh have a place that you want to uh recommend 312-981-7200 it's Nick DeGilio on WGN. All right. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We are live in the Skyline studio here. And um, we're here until uh, 4 o'clock. 312-981-7200. That's the phone number. And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Wrapping up the topic about uh, great French fries. Gene and Jude's, which came up already. $2.34 for your... uh, for your fries from there. Gene and Jude's been mentioned like four times. It's a legendary place. Uh, let's see. Here is Lulu on WGN. Go ahead, Lulu. Uh, hey, Nick. Um, the reason so many people ask for no salt on their french fries 
is because they're guaranteed that they'll be hot and fresh. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's also a pain in the neck for the people. Yeah, who it, it, it absolutely is. And um, one place that you can get good wedges if they're fresh is Jewel. Oh, yeah. Jewel does have those. That's right. Yep. Yeah, they use chicken. They, their workers are pretty good, but they have a tendency to let their stuff sit out too long. Right. And you you can just look at it and tell, you know, you don't want it. Yeah. But, but they're, they're good if they're fresh. Yep, I agree. Okay, thanks, Lulu. Okay. Take care. Bye. They also have uh, good uh, good fried chicken at Jewel. You can get the fried chicken and the and the wedges. Uh, and that's at the, here's a uh, Jean on WGN. Hi, Jean. Oh, hi there. Um, really good fries are from Nana's in Streamwood. Okay. And the original owner of Nana's was the daughter of Jean from Jean and Jude's. The daughter of Jean from Jean and Jude's? Yes. Oh, okay. A little connection there. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jean. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Uh, wrapping up the conversation here about uh, French fries. Rand Red Hots on Rand Road, 269. Illinois Bar and Grill, which is on 47th Street, 295 for your uh, for your fries, highly recommended. Jimmy's Red Hots. Oh, Jimmy's, I've been there like 9,000 times. Uh, 4,000 West Grand Avenue. Didn't live very far from there. Used to go there all the time, Jimmy's Red Hots. 227. Uh, soft, irregular, and reverent, stuffed with baked potato flavor. This is the oldest hot dog stand in the same location. Um, and uh, Grand Avenue in Pulaski is where it's located. No ketchup, but you can request hot dog condiments and make it a meal. Jimmy's Red Hots, that place is legendary. The Red Hot Ranch at 2072 Northwestern. $2.04 Red Hot Ranch's fresh cut fries are dished out with a stunning lack of fanfare. As soon as they're pulled from the fryer, Cook salts them, wraps them in paper, and shoves them into a brown bag and slides them across the counter. Sounds simple and sounds delicious. Never been to the Red Hot Ranch. Mr. D's Shish Kebabs, which is at 6656 West Diversey. $1.85 for your, uh, for your fries. So um, they have some other ones that uh, that they like. Mangevins. Is Mangevins is still around? Used to go there all the time. I'm trying to remember what street it was on. Was it on Belmont? Damon. Damon, yeah. Yeah, three, three, it's like three words, right? Mangevins. Yeah, Mangevins. Used to go there all the time. When I was a kid. Yeah, it's right around the corner from the Beat Kitchen. Yeah. I you know, I lived at Addison and Lincoln. So that was a that was a, a regular stop for us, Mangevins. They had the uh you know the you ever you ever get a, a, a tamale from a hot dog joint? 
No, I, I actually haven't. You haven't gotten a tamale from a hot dog joint? No, most of the hot they're, dog joints have been to you can't get a tamale. They're wrapped in paper. There's okay. no husk. And they're round. And they're 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 shaped like a tube. The very distinctive, like a, it's not like a, you know, like a, you know, like, it's not a, like a real tamale. No, 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 no. It's no, a, no. it's a sort of tamale. Yeah, but it's they're great, and they're sold at, you know, they're specifically sold at hot dog joints. We used to get them all the time at Mangevin's. Mangevin's, if I'm not mistaken, was right across the street from the Dolly Madison outlet, so you could go in and get a bunch of zingers and. Because I was going to say ho-hos, but that's hostess. What did Dolly Madison have? They had zingers, right? Okay, so they were like a pastry company? Yeah, they were like hostess. And that was an outlet. There was an outlet store right there, right across the street from Angevin's. Yeah, you got the zingers are, are That's the big one, right? Yeah. The zinger? Yeah, the zingers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think they did like a cinnamon roll. Yeah. I remember when Hostess uh, does. Ho- does Hostess still have the fruit pies, like the apple pie? And the- I think they do. I think you can still get them. You know, back in the day, they actually would put a lot of fruit in them. Now you bite into it, it's like Phew. it like deflates. Okay, so does Dolly do the? They, do they do the honey buns? Is that their? Is that uh, honey no? Honey, I think honey buns is Hostess. Okay. I mean, I think there are different forms of honey buns. The thing about, if I'm not mistaken, Dolly Madison had like Charlie Brown as a mascot. They did. Best like, known for it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The Char- um, Charlie Brown characters were like the mascots. Yeah. Owned by Hostess Brands now. Oh, so Hostess just bought them out. Yeah, they bought them. So you had uh, the different characters represented different flavors. Charlie Brown was cherry and banana cream. Linus was apple, Lucy lemon, Schroeder berry, Sally was coconut cream and pineapple, Frida was chocolate, peppermint patty was strawberry and peach. Wait a minute. How is peppermint patty not peppermint? Well, I don't know if they had a peppermint zinger. (laughs) (laughs) I used to enjoy the zingers. They're good. They were good. Yeah. Yeah, they, I think they got kind of a bum rap because they weren't Hostess. You know what I mean? Sure. Because Hostess was, the, you know. I was a little Debbie kid. Oh, no. You didn't like the, the brownies? No. You didn't like Little Debbie brownies? Not a fan. You know Why? who loves Little Debbie snack cakes is uh, Scott Oaken. That's because he's a man of culture and renown. I'm not a not a Little Debbie's guy. Not a Little Debbie's guy. And, you know, did you have a favorite cookie growing up? I was always uh, partial to anything that was, uh, I liked a chewier cookie. Yeah. So, like, when Chips Ahoy Chewy came out, I, that blew my mind. Yeah, um, I prefer I prefer a chewier cookie, too. But Jewel, Jewel has really great cookies. The, you know, they used to have, because their in-store brand is now Signature, right? I think so, yeah, Signature. Um, yeah, the in-store brand of Jewel is signature. It used to be President's Choice. And the chocolate chip cookies, President's Choice chocolate chip cookies were delicious. They were delicious. President's Choice in general was a quality brand. You know, for your kind of in-store 
kind of generic-y brand. President's Choice was really good. But their chocolate chip cookies were great. But yeah, I like the softer stuff, too. I prefer the softer stuff, although I do enjoy Oreos. Oreos, I just... Like, the feeling on your teeth afterwards, though, is always rough. Because it's just... They st- it sticks to your teeth, the cookie part of it. <laughs> and you can't, you got to brush your teeth immediately. Mm. You can't have like two Oreos and then go out on a date. You can't, you got to brush your teeth first. Well, you should brush your teeth before you go out on a date. Right. But I mean, immediately. Like you brush your teeth, <laughs> like say you brush, you get a, you know, you're getting ready, you brush your teeth, you get, you get a showered up cologne, you brush your teeth and everything. You can't just have two Oreos and walk out the door. Yeah. I guess I would agree with that. <laughs> I guess I would agree with that. Yeah, um, but no Oreos, and I, and I and I I am now very very happy that they have the Oreos thin because um, I think regular Oreos are fine. Double stuff, no way, can't do it. Way too much stuff, way too much cream in the middle. I like the regulars, but now the thins I think are even cooler. Well, you have to keep that hourglass figure of yours, right? Yeah, I just don't like too much of the too, too much, much of the cream. cream filling. That's all. I don't know how anybody can eat the double stuff. That's way too much. Way too much. Don't they have like even more now? Don't they have like even bigger know. bigger ones? Triple now? stuff, quadruple stuff. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, man. I don't know how much more Oreo filling you could put between those two cookies. I think the double well, stuff is pretty much the maximum. Yeah. Well, what you gotta do is you take you take them apart and you take a bunch of them apart and you stack a bunch of cream from other cookies onto one cookie, and then you make a super Oreo. Yeah, no. And you eat that. No. <laughs> no. It's like it's like shortening anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably. Is. It is. It's like shortening. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we, we're going to talk about some some of the world's most bizarre competitions. And there have been some very weird competitions. But these and this is from around the world, right? Tom? Oh yeah. Okay. So uh some of the weird the weirdest and wildest and most bizarre competitions from around the world. If you've ever competed in something strange and you would like to share it with us, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Uh we've got uh some comedy coming up from Johnny Carson. From the Johnny Carson Show, you can watch the Johnny Carson Show uh, every night on Antenna TV. The lovely Joan Rivers had a visit with uh, with Johnny, and this is from 1978. So uh, there you go. And we're going to jump into the uh, very strange and bizarre competitions. That's coming up after uh, the news. 312-981-7200. That's the phone number if you would like to join us at any time. And let us now get to the news. Hello. Nick DeGilio here. 
720 WGN. And uh, we're live in the Skyline studio here until 4 o'clock. Coming up at 2.30, we play some uh, classic Johnny Carson every morning at 2.30. You can watch the Johnny Carson show on Tenet TV every night. And we always like to play little clips and fun stuff from it. Joan Rivers from 1978 will be featured this morning. Um, also, stories from the Pepsi-Coke War. You don't remember the Cola Wars, do you, Tom? Not particularly, no. It was crazy, man. Out there on the front lines. Lost a lot of good men out there. That's right. Yeah. But, the, you know, as I mentioned before, the new Coke thing was was ridiculous. Because, you know, like during the Coke war, you know, Pepsi, Coke wars, you know, it's like, who? what do you like better? You like Pepsi? You like Coke better? Um, when I did consume caffeine, I was definitely a Coca-Cola guy. Without question. Although my favorite was Dr. Pepper. That was, you know, the one that I enjoyed the most was the uh, good old Dr. Pepper. Which is like a 7-Up brand or something like that. That's it like is from the company, 7-Up, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then there, I, I like all the, uh, you know, we talked about this before, like the generic knockoffs like uh, Dr. Know-It or, you know, Dr., you know, whatever. You know, the generic stupid names. There's like a million of them. <sighs> Sprite or 7-Up? Mm, I'm going to say 7-Up. Yeah, I think I got to go. I like Sprite, though. Sprite's good. Um, Why was it such a battle just for a specific period? Because no one really, it's kind of whatever now. Everybody just has the one that they like or. Well, it was, it was, it was a big battle like in the 70s and in the 80s. Um, You know, like for supremacy. And they really took each other on in the commercials. Like they named the other brand. They had the Pepsi Challenge, where you would blind taste something at a grocery store. They would stop somebody. They, you know, so, so there was a person at a table who had like three cups of pop, and uh, people would come up and they would taste it, and then they would say which one they liked. And you know, the Pepsi Challenge obviously was a was to promote Pepsi, and they would always pick Pepsi, obviously, because you know. The people who didn't pick Pepsi didn't make the commercial. But no, there was a there was a, a a rivalry, a pretty big rivalry, you know, between the the two main the two main pops, Pepsi and uh, and and Coke. But uh, I was I, I thought Pepsi was okay. I didn't think it was. I thought it was okay. It was the taste of a new generation. Yeah, I guess. And they got Michael Jackson. Yeah, they that had did. to be that had to be a big yeah. moment. And they also got Michael J. Fox, didn't they? Didn't Michael J. Fox well, do Pepsi commercials? I'm guessing, yeah, because of Back to the Future. He asks for a Pepsi free. Hey, you're gonna you you know you you want to order something to drink? You're gonna pay for it, pal. All right, and get me a tab. You don't want you to start a tab. You can't start a tab. <laughs> got to haven't even ordered anything. <laughs> tab. <laughs> you still get tab. Oh yeah, tab's very popular. I mean, it was e- it was even bigger back in the seventies. Like Tab was massive in the seventies. But yeah, no, I I know people who who that's you know the sugar free stuff or the diet stuff that they drink. They insist on Tab. People are very loyal to Tab. 
I think it went away for a little while and people went nuts. Yeah. I'm not, I can't do the, the sugar-free, the diets. And I know everybody drinks Diet Coke. I know people are addicted to that stuff. You, you ever, you ever just like work with anybody who's just nonstop Diet Coke? Yeah. They typically, you know, go out of their way to tell you that they're on a diet. And they're just like, listen, I'm just trying to watch my stuff. And you're, you're still drinking like a ton of soda. I know it's no, you know, I know it's diet. No sugar or anything. It's not good for you, though. Well, it's, 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 people, it's bad for it's, your teeth. It's not just people who are on diets who drink Diet Coke like it's going yeah. out of style. Mm-hmm. It's just people people who aren't on diets. They just drink a ton of Diet Coke. There was a girl I used to take to and from theater practice um, in high school because we were both in various theater productions. And after after practice, we would always go to like the Wendy's drive through or the McDonald's drive through. And she would get like a large Diet Coke, no ice. <laughs> Just like the biggest Diet Coke you've ever seen in your entire With no life. ice. No ice. So there's nothing diluting it. There's nothing taking up too much space inside the cup. She insists no ice. I want nothing but nothing but Diet Cola. It well, was terrified me. Well, I mean, I, I you know, like I was saying, I've seen people consume a lot of Diet Coke. I mean, a lot. I think a lot of those folk have maybe moved on to LaCroix now. I don't even know. But there were <laughs> there was a time there was a time when people were drinking the hell out of Diet Coke. I still think that's the case. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would bet that. Is that the number one selling pop, Diet Coke? It's got to be, right? I would imagine that it is. Because, man, the... The... the, the People who consume Diet Coke really consume Diet Coke. Here, here are the top selling soft drinks. Soft okay. drinks. Coca Cola Classic, number one. Okay. And this is as uh, up to date for 2018. I think that's the most recent date. Okay, so we're a couple of couple of years back. A couple of years back. Pepsi. Diet Coke number three. Pepsi. They sell more Pepsi than Diet Coke. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, that surprises me. Yeah, and then for some reason it stops here at uh, at number four with Mountain Dew. Oh, I used to be obsessed with Mountain. Dew. Oh, I used to love Mountain Dew. That's another. That's another one. You used to have. Uh, remember Jolt? Jolt Cola. You remember Jolt? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like the. It's got the little. Lightning, Lightning bolt, bolt on going it. through the O. Yep. Mm. Um, like double the caffeine of like a regular of a regular pop. There was a guy on my night crew when I worked at Jewel overnights would drink up like a two liter and a half of that during the shift. He's just at three o'clock in the morning. He's down in Jolt, standing in aisle three with a two liter of Jolt, chugging it. I, I don't know how that guy went to bed after the shift. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Drinking Jolt all morning long mm-hmm. in the overnights. You get home at around 7 o'clock in the morning, what are you going to do? You're not going to sleep. No, no. I'd say, I'd you know, I'd say something about it, but really, here I am on another cup of coffee. Yeah. Just rolling. I drink a lot of water during the overnight. Honestly, it's good. It keeps you awake. Keeps you healthy. Well, I don't know about that. 
Wa- yeah, staying hydrated. No, I know. I drink a lot of water. At home, here, I just drink a lot of water. Milk and water, those are the two main liquids that I consume. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the world's most bizarre competitions coming up. Uh, our phone lines are open at 312-981-7200. And it's Nick DeGilio and WGN. Yeah. Hello, Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline studio here till 4 o'clock. Um, and uh, we've got some uh, Carson classic comedy featuring uh, Joan Rivers from 1978. Uh, that's coming up. 312-981-7200. We're going to get to uh, some of the world's most bizarre competitions. Uh, we got some people on the line. Here's Trucker Rich. Hey, Rich. Hey, Nick. Here you guys talk about pop. When it comes to fountain pop, I prefer Coke over Pepsi, but in the truck, I drink Diet Pepsi because I don't have to use the restroom as often. I don't know what it is about the Diet Pepsi, but uh, my favorite drink, two drinks that are tied is the uh, imported from Mexico Coke yeah. and the Mountain Dew throwback. Yeah. I can't do the Mountain Dew. Uh, that's just, the throwback is all right. I mean, I can't do the regular Mountain Dew, but I can drink a, a throwback. Yeah, the the, re- and, the 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 Mexican bottled Coke is because they use real sugar, right? And uh, and that's why it tastes so good. That's why it's you know it's yeah. Uh, yeah. And then remember hearing you talk about Jolt back when I used to drive over the road, it was uh, Jolt. And I remember not word for word, but it was like on the label. All the all the caffeine were legally allowed by the law to put in here. Oh yeah, no, that's they they would load it up uh, when I worked. Like I was yeah. saying, when I was when I was saying, Rich, and I was working overnights at Jewel, there was a guy who would just down a two liter during a seven hour shift, and uh, it was insane. Yep, the Jolt in a Hershey chocolate bar with ca- the caffeine and the chocolate and a Jolt that was almost like taking speed. Yeah. No, no, I know. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't know how people can do it. I don't know how they can do it. Yeah. So, all right, thanks, all right. Rich. Have a good evening. Yeah, yep. buddy. Bye. Yep. Uh, Glenn on WGN. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Nick. Love the show. Thank you. Hey, talking about pop, a buddy of mine over by on Elmwood Park, he's about 300 pounds. He might go to a restaurant, order like four of everything, four burgers, four orders of fries, and orders a Diet Coke. I'm like, what's right, the point? It's like giving a whale a tic tac. No, I know. I understand, man. I, I love it when people do that. I think it's hilarious when people do that. They load up on fast food and then they go, "Yeah, you know, let me have a diet coke." Like that's going to make a difference. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, Glenn. Thanks, man. Right, take it easy, yeah. Nick. Yeah, I'll have a diet coke. <laughs> you have six orders of fries and three Big Macs with diet coke. <laughs> Yeah. Um, geez, I haven't done caffeine since 2003 was uh, when I quit caffeine. So 17 years? 17 years with no caffeine. And I used to drink a lot of caffeine. When I was working weekends and uh, overnights, I would drink a bunch of coffee. I would drink Cokes. And... uh 
went completely cold turkey. I quit caffeine and nicotine on the same day. <laughs> yeah. All right. So how about some really bizarre competitions? The world has some very strange stuff going on in it and some very strange, bizarre competitions. If you have a wailing baby, a cockroach that moves at lightning speed, a desire to smash pumpkins, or really strong toes, these are for you. People find satisfaction in watching other people compete. It can be any competition or contest, from something as grand and mature as the Olympics with hundreds of well-built people throwing javelin spears or sprinting to the finish of a racetrack, to something as innocent as kids running in uh, uh, rice sacks for pants. However, there is a, be- a point beyond which the competition started, get- started getting weird, with no particular reason why they exist in the first place or why there is an obsession and passion surrounding them. All right, are you ready for some of these? Uh, Naki Sumo, which is a baby crying contest. A baby crying contest. That sounds really pleasant, doesn't it? If you're a parent of an infant, you know uh, that the biggest concern is their high-pitched cries and fuss. You try your best to calm them down, but in a district in Tokyo, Japan, people make their infants cry. Certainly not because they're bad parents. We're talking about the Naki Sumo Baby Crying Festival. A ritual that's celebrated at Senschoi Temple in, t- in Tokyo every year. I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there are going to be multiple, multiple entries from Japan in this article. That's I'm just gonna, I'm just going to take a wild guess right now. At this festival, each child is accompanied by a sumo wrestler who will make them ball. A few of the Japanese people have been practicing this tradition for hundreds of years now. The word naki sumo originates from a, Japan, a Japanese proverb, naku ko wa sodatsu, which roughly translates to crying babies grow fat. People believe that the wails of babies will ward off evil spirits, which otherwise would harm the community. They also believe that the crying babies will grow to be healthier than the rest. During the sport, a sumo wrestler gets onto the stage, but not for fighting. They hold the baby by their arms and will try to scare them into crying. The wrestlers often wear eerie masks and yell, cry, cry, cry. This is completely insane. The baby that cries the most and loudest is said to live longer and a healthier life than the others getting professional wrestlers asking them to scare the tiny tots into crying and calling it a contest is rather unusual. And according to the parents and audience, the event is pretty fun. But we cannot for certain tell you if the babies and the wrestlers, for that matter, share the same feelings. Um, can you see if there's audio for this? Naki, N-A-K-I, Sumo, S-U-M-O, baby crying competition. There's got to be some video on this, right? So, um, wrestlers wear eerie masks and yell, cry, 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 to make the babies cry. <laughs> it 
It's a, and it's it's called a baby crying festival. So it's an entire festival. All right, we got anything here? This is from Time Magazine. That's terrible. That's terrible. Listen, we have to accept cultures other than our own, you know, sometimes. Please. I'm sure there's some things that we do that they would find incredibly strange, such as order a bunch of fast food and then order a Diet Coke. Yeah, man. How about the World Worm Charming Championships? The title of the of the competition reminds us of a famous quote: "Stop waiting for your prince charming. Get up and find him. The poor soul may be stuck in a tree or something." In the present context, I would say your priceless worm is jammed into the clay. Get him off the ground, and he is persistent enough. You will need to woe him. Yes, there is a competition called Worm World Worm Charming Championships. Uh, which is held at Williston County Primary School in Williston, a small village in England, every year on one of a, of the Saturdays in June, in which participants from all over the world come to charm, quote-unquote, as many worms as they can. People actually practice the skill of coaxing, coaxing the worms to, the rise of, to rise to the surface of the earth. The championship dates back to 1980, when the local schoolyard was sectioned off for some reason, and the disgruntled students stomped the ground to get at the worms. Uh, the act became a competition and started gaining popularity in the UK. If you visit the championship, you'll find participants of all age groups holding a rope iron in their hands to stomp the ground to get the worm off the, off the ground. The participants call themselves wormers. Three people... Form a group, a, ch- a charmer, a picker, and a counter, who are given a square meter of the field to grunt as many worms as they can in under 15 minutes. And getting those slimy creatures out of the ground is a talent we can't deny. It's in- There's like a guy with a, a tuba. He has a tuba in hand with the, you know, the open end of the tuba facing the ground, and he's just playing the tuba into the ground. <laughs> to get the worms out. <laughs> to get the worm to come <laughs> I don't understand. You know, worms, I guess, love the sound of John Philip Sousa. I guess. They're just coming out to tell the guy to shut up. Please stop. All right. Uh, more very weird competitions and very strange competitions and if you've ever seen any of these kind of things 312-981-7200 or if you've ever participated in something kind of strange 312-981-7200 okay we're gonna break and when we come back it's classic carson time the johnny carson show you can watch it every uh night on antenna tv and we always play some classic uh audio from uh johnny carson and uh, we got joan rivers from 1978 coming up And uh, that's after this on WGN.
Such a good song. Uh, it's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio here until 4. And then after 4, we head over to Bradley Place, to the TV side of WGN, get some news and information from those great people. And then at 5 o'clock, the legendary Bob Surratt is your morning drive host. 312-981-7200. That's the phone number. We're going to get back to these very strange competitions. But at this time, every weekday morning, we like to play back some classic comedy from the Johnny Carson Show. Johnny Carson Show airs on Antenna TV every night. And uh, we always play uh, some clips, including like uh, some stand-up or some sketches or things like that. Well, one of the most popular guests uh, for a long period of time on The Tonight Show was the late, great Joan Rivers. And uh, here's a little audio from Joan Rivers from 1978. You photographed so beautifully. Oh, she does. I hope she's not happy. It's just <laughs> Do you have a calendar like this out? Not, uh, well, I tried, but unfortunately, just one month. <laughs> they, they said forget the rest yeah, of the year, said, huh? Bleh. That's no. tall. <laughs> they saw December and says, well, forget it. No, I have no sex appeal. I, you know that. I'm just eating. No, I, see, I, oh, no, no, come on. You're going to start that self-deprecating stuff. Well, how again. can you and Anna sitting next to you? You know what I'm telling you? How can you? I mean, uh, my marriage, I mean, there's nothing, there's no romance left. Oh, come Last on. time there was any sexual, you know, yeah. he was doing push-ups and I slid in. And otherwise... <laughs> Edgar's a cruel man, isn't he? Yes. Cruel. Yeah, it's a, but I've got other things. I don't know well, what. Of course you have. Yeah, no. tell me. You do that all the time. I no. find, don't, don't you find you really get up and look in the mirror and say, gee, oh, come on. Oh, Johnny. Does it bother get... you? Do you get along? Uh, that you're getting, we're all getting older. Oh, not me if I was smart. Are you kidding? No. I think that's where Betty Ford was very smart. Just pull it up and snip it off and throw it away if you don't like it. That's it. Well, I, you know how I admire her? She came out in public, one of the first ladies in the She wanted to look better, where most people, yeah. you know, went in a closet and said, oh, no, I've never had anything done. I've yeah. never had it. And they're talking to the part in their hair. That's right. Italian, here. Not... Speaking of my nose. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have they you, uh, their legs up here. Now, we, you know, <laughs> now, we've known each other for a long time, so I'm going to I'm going to ask you straight out in front of the entire nation. Yeah. And let's see how honest you are. Uh, Have you ever had anything... Done? Yes. Anything that I... Uh, no, I'm... Uh, <laughs> no, I would like to have everything done. Yes. But uh, my father's a doctor, you know, and I always hear these terrible stories That's about... Right, you grew up in all that I grew up stuff. in that home milieu, but I grew up when doctors were still good. They're advertising now. I mean, That's it's right. like... The, the, the pits. I mean, I'm so nervous. You know, the ant, wherever you look, there's going to be an ant. I was the gynecologist this afternoon. All I kept thinking is, what if there's a hidden camera? I was so nervous. <laughs> Hi there, Miss Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> just awful. That would be kind of shabby, I think, taking it that far, but... Derwin Kirby would jump out, you Yes. Know? Are you ready for the pap test challenge? <laughs> The, the, the gynecologist, because women, I see, I never get in the stirrups. You know what? Because I, I no, no, because you're a fool to get in the stirrups if you're a woman. Sit way back and hope the doctor will come in without his glasses, look under your arm, and go through it. Stupid. 
Did you ever get the feeling he's going to go, go boy, come on. Yeah. That can't be a pleasant experience, yeah. I suppose. No, that's just... That an hour before you show up, the doctor puts his hand in the refrigerator. I mean, oh, that's so got, much... Oh, that's, <laughs> that's got to make your little hair twirl out, yeah. See, because that's Beverly Hills. Yeah. You know, they all laugh. They, my guy has Gucci stirrups. I mean, it's all just be Hills, be Hills. You, Beverly Hills is you a You find very, them a little too impersonal and oh, it's laid a, back? You mean, it's a sick community. I fit in, thank goodness. I mean, it's right. shallow. You know, it's wonderful. You don't have to read a book. You, know, you yeah. have to know one word, Perrier. That's Perrier, that's very big, yeah. Perrier, Perrier. You go to the laundromat, <laughs> 12 cents extra, you can wash your clothes in Perrier. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Perrier, Perrier. God, that's a little My gardener yesterday, I said, would you like a glass of water, Manuel? He goes, yes, Perrier. Perrier. He knows three words, yes, Perrier and immigration. That's the only word you know. <laughs> Did you ever think you see a country getting rich from selling water? Water. Selling water. Isn't and that it's, it's, it's supposed to be so cool. You know, there's the Evian and then there's Perrier and all this. And everybody thinks that if you drink regular water now, you're going to die or something. I don't My understand that. My dentist rinses in Perrier now. Well, that's class. <laughs> you spit it out. Little they, bubbles. They rebottle it. Life ain't easy, is it? Oh, I have a dentist of the lowest. Next to the spit sink, he has a fan. I mean, just... You go in and you go... What is it? He laughs. Yeah. Oh, God, and he married rich, you know. They all married... See, that's what this whole town is about. Yeah, money. You and I didn't do this. We married... And you, too, we married for love, you know? We should have married rich oldies. Really? Oh, sure. Get a person with a pacemaker, go, I'm glad I'm married! (laughs) (laughs) And you're on the Ile de France saying, busboy, another drinker. Okay, oh, you're hot tonight. Oh, no, We'll be right back. Stay with us. (laughs) This is getting crazy. Oh, so funny. Boy, she killed on that appearance. Oh, man. God, she was funny. She was so funny. It seems like her mind just worked a mile a minute. Yeah. She could she could just move on from one thing to the next, no problem. No yeah. problem at all. No, she was brilliant. She was brilliant. You know, um, she also opened up a lot of doors for women in the world of comedy. And her, her and Phyllis Diller, um, you know, started started around the same time. And it was just, it was at, at that point, there were very few women stand-up comedians. It was a male, male-dominated uh, art form. She was funny, man. You know, she directed a movie. What'd she direct? A movie called Rabbit Test. With Billy Crystal is about the first man to get pregnant. <laughs> 70, 1977, I want to say. How did that one go over? It's not good. Yeah. She's in it as a nurse mm-hmm. trying to bring an organ down the hallway and she keeps dropping it. I can't remember what organ it is, but it might be a liver or something. She's dropping it on the hospital floor. Um, would you not to be too grim? But would you say that her greatest regret was the kind of fight between? Oh, her and Johnny? no, there's no question. Because no he question. never he never spoke to her again. Nope. Mm. Nope. It's sad. It really it's is. It's really sad because they had a great relationship. Was but she, he felt he felt betrayed because she went to another network. She would. You think she would have been the next Tonight Show host? 
Um, I well, yeah. I mean, she was the go-to mm-hmm. guest host. I mean, there right. were a lot of guest hosts that right. they had, right, right. but she at one point became the go-to mm-hmm. guest host for the Tonight Show, and they were really, really close. And that's why Johnny felt betrayed when she went to because she went to Fox and right. That's where they and started her own late night show. Mm-hmm. So Johnny felt betrayed and never talked to her again. That's just so sad. It really. Uh, is. I think it's sad too. I think it's real sad. She she felt she she felt regret about because you know Johnny died in ninety two. Right. Or no 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 that's when he, that's, that's when, when he retired. There. Yeah. Uh, died yeah, in early two thousand. Early two thousand right? like two thousand three two thousand four. He died. Wow. And uh, and then um, Joan Rivers died. What about four years ago? Yeah, not too long ago, but. So yeah, but when they were on fire like that, you know, that's just—I mean, oh it's classic, absolutely classic stuff. I think the only person that maybe had better chemistry with uh, Johnny was like Don Rickles. Well, Rickles, you know, Rickles is the man. Yeah, you know, you let you just let Rickles. There, there are certain people that that would come on the Tonight Show. You, you just let them go. <laughs> Buddy Hackett, Hackett's one of them. Hackett could just Rickles, Robin Williams, right? Let him go. They were just wind up tops. Yeah. Especially Robin Williams, <laughs> yeah, both, both figuratively and literally. You don't even, you know, you, you know. I don't know if Johnny says three words anytime he interviews uh, Robin Williams. Just Williams just goes nuts, and Johnny loved Robin Williams. Would like almost fall out of his chair laughing. So, but yeah, Rickles. I mean, he he's just. What can you say about Don Rickles? Yeah, those are you know those are the days, man. You know, and you get to watch them every night on Antenna TV and and relive some of those hilarious uh, moments that took place on the show with some of those great celebrities. It was a completely different time. And I love it. I love The Tonight Show. I love the, the Johnny Carson show. It's great. Okay, we've got more weird competitions, bizarre competitions that we're going to... Uh, to talk about. <laughs> uh, and if you've ever uh, seen any of these weird competitions on some late night cable channel, or if you've participated in uh, any other, any, any kind of strange competition and you want to tell us about it, uh, our phone lines are open at 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. And we'll uh, get back to that in a, uh, in a moment. I uh, got some weather for you. Um, for today, Tuesday, sunshine filters through some incoming clouds. It'll be warmer. Humidities remain comfortable in the high of 89. Tonight, clouds continue to increase. Warmer humidities will increase. Chance of a shower or two. Low of 71. Wednesday, more clouds. Quite warm with higher humidities. Spotty morning showers. Better coverage of uh, thunderstorms in the afternoon. Uh, some gusty and potential downpours ahead. Uh, high of 89. Thursday, partly sunny, warm and humid. Thunderstorm possible, high of 88, uh, cooler near the lake. Friday, partly sunny, becoming hot and humid. Chance for a thunderstorm, uh, high of 92, with uh, heat indices between 95 and 100. Saturday and Sunday, a good deal of sunshine and summertime cumulus clouds. Breezy, quite hot and humid. Chance of thunderstorm or two. Um, A high of 96 on Saturday and a high of 99 on Sunday. Ugh. 71 degrees right now at O'Hare, 71 at Midway, and 71 at the Lakeford. 71 everywhere. So uh, we're going to get back to the the talk of some of these very weird competitions 
312-981-7200 is the number. Um, more coming up right here on WGN. Morning. Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio here until 4. The news is next on the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. We're going to get back to talking about some of these very strange and bizarre uh, competitions. And, and if you, you want to jump in, please do. Um, uh, we'll uh, also try to get to the Pepsi-Coke war, which was uh, his, so historically significant. Tom, you missed it. Yeah, I live. I live in pop peacetime, and you uh, you miss New Coke. That I can live with. I've heard that New Coke was pretty bad. It was terrible. Um, but now we've got like Coke Vanilla Orange. Yeah, now there's all kinds of flavors. But that was it. Was like they took regular Coke away, so like you couldn't get. You know, now it's called. I think it's still called Coke Classic. Yeah, Coke right? Classic. All right, they took that away. And they replaced it with this new Coke, which was terrible. People were infuriated. A lot of people yelling at me because I was just some poor schlub putting that stuff on the shelf at the Jewel. They people screaming at me, and I'm like, it's not my fault. I didn't. I don't like new Coke either. What do you, what do you want from me? And then they brought Coke Classic back. And there is a conspiracy theory, Tom, that all of that was done on purpose. So that they get renewed interest in Coke Classic. So they brought out the new Coke. I don't think it's true. I think it was. I think it was a mistake. But there are conspiracy people out there who think that they did that. The Coca-Cola company did it on purpose, like took Coke away, put this crap new Coke on the shelf. People would would hate it, and then when they brought Coke Classic back, it would sell like crazy, and it did. It did. It, people acted like they had never tasted Coke before. I can't remember how long New Coke was around. I mean, it's, it was still around, but they brought Coca-Cola Classic back. So I can't remember how long you couldn't get regular Coke, that you could only get New Coke. But it was it was a long enough time for people to go nuts. Original run started in 1985. When do you think it ended? The, when New Coke? New Coke. When do you think that run ended? Started in 1985. I, I would go to just 86. 2002. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. The initial, yeah, so 2002. And then they did a re-release last year for Stranger Things. Oh, they did, Because they? the most recent season takes place in 85. Yeah, that's right. New Coke. Uh, here's Hillary on WGN. Hi, Hillary. <laughs> Oh, Nick, I was just thinking about that, too. I mean, like that old saying, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, I'm a I'm a Coca-Cola woman, and, you know, it's just, you know, it's, I don't know, it's advertising, and your your job is probably on the line. But, you know, same thing with Billy Beer. I mean, that was, ugh, that was horrible. Yeah. But that was, I guess that was a joke. But anyway, I was calling, uh, I was listening to your show. And I heard you talking about uh, Joan Rivers, and I saw her and uh, David Brenner in concert in Philadelphia. 
I think it was about, um, let me see, 77, 78, maybe 79. I don't know. But um, I thought she was very sweet. She was, you know, I bought her book. It was, uh, I just wanted to meet her. And she had a, she wrote a book called um, Having a Baby Could Be a Scream. <laughs> she, she was funny. I laughed so hard. I almost peed a little bit. Yeah. I just said that. But well, she's, I, she was she was funny. Joan Rivers was funny, man. She was funny. She was. Yeah. yeah I, I I really enjoyed the show. And you know, she she mentioned during her her uh, her show that she met her husband, Edgar, I think when she was in London. And she knew him for three days and they got married. I thought, wow. Yeah. That's either really brave or really stupid. I don't know. Yeah, that well, their, their, their marriage lasted a very, very long time. So uh, It did, yeah. yeah. I, I know. But it was a good show. Yeah. David Brenner was funny, too. And you know, sorry that she left us so soon. Yeah. I would have loved what? to uh, da- David, David Brenner, too. He's gone. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. I know. Yep. Well, brother, we got to see them while they're still here. Yep. All, All right. right, Hillary, thanks. All right, bye, Nick. Take care. Yeah, I got to see both of them. I saw Joan Rivers and I saw uh, David Brenner. Not together, like Hillary did, but uh, separate. So, all right. Um, Joan Rivers, funny, funny woman. Okay, were you talking about some very strange competitions that really exist how about this one yukon kanto world wife carrying championships they say couples need to carry each other's burdens and the finish took that seriously enough to adhere to a sport called yukon kanto world wife carrying championships every year the origins of this competition can be traced back to the 19th century when, according to a legend, a man named Herko Rosvo Ronkainen, believed to be a forest-dwelling thief, he's accused of stealing women from their husbands in villages in the dead of night, carrying them on their backs and marrying them. But all of that has been forgotten and forgiven and turned into a sport. The contest has a set of rules to be followed. The women are to be carried... The women to be carried can be anyone, but needs to be at least 18 years old and weigh a minimum of 108 pounds. The weight of the woman is less than 108 pounds when officials will balance it by adding a rucksack with additional weights if she's under 108. But the female participants won't be piggybacking on their partner's shoulders. Rather, they are carried upside down with a helmet for their protection. The carrier wears a belt and runs along a track with obstacles such as water and logs. While the participants run at their own risk, the event is apparently enjoyed by the runners, their women, and the viewers alike. Come on, that sounds ridiculous. Upside down wearing a helmet, running through waters and logs? (sighs) Okay, man. Um... World Championship Pumpkin Chunkin. Smashing pumpkins like there's no tomorrow, basically what it is. Played in USA, Pumpkin Chunkin is a competition of chucking a pumpkin from from a distance. Usually it is held every year in autumn, the time when pumpkins are harvested. The participants use catapults, um, slingshots, centrifugal uh, chuckers, and other machines 
to crash the pumpkin out of a towering steel and aluminum barrels. Uh, The event registers a huge fan following. Punkin' Chunkin' made the headway from a backyard challenge to an international challenge with nearly 100 100 teams. The competition is conducted both children and adults separately. The competition is conducted with both children and adults separately, and the winners are bestowed a title and a trophy. The event organizers say the competition acts as a stress buster as people love throwing pumpkins in the air and watching it get squashed. Obviously, breaking stuff relieves stress and anger. The event, however, is riddled with accidents. People tumble down the ladder and are left with injuries and even worse. In an isolated incident, a metal plate shot from a pumpkin's rear cannon and hit a TV producer's face. In light of these unfortunate incidents, the the competition was scrapped for a few years. It was later resumed with new insurance policy and safety rules. The winner of the competition can proudly say, I smashed pumpkins in the air. Do you remember that thing? I think it was the Amazing Race with the watermelons. No, I never watched the Amazing Race. Oh, okay. There was one situation with the Amazing Race where they were shooting watermelons out of, like, giant slingshots. Uh Uh-huh. Woman takes a sling, you know, takes a slingshot, puts a watermelon in it. Pulls it back. I mean, she's stretching back onto the lawn. She pulls it back as far as she can, lets it go, and the flap, I guess, of the 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 slingshot turned around and shot the watermelon straight back into her face. Oh. Like it like probably 35, 40 miles an hour. Was she hurt? Surprisingly, no. Like she was a little bit dazed. Well, sure, you get a watermelon smashed off yeah. your face. It's going <laughs> to... She had, like, the little Tweety Birds going around her head, I think, Jeez. but uh, no major injuries. That was on Amazing Race? Oddly, one of the very few reality competition shows that I uh, that I didn't watch and, you know, considered one of the best. It used to win the Emmy every year for Best Reality Competition Show. So, uh, all right, we got a bunch of more just really, really weird and bizarre competitions. And if you've ever been to anything like that, that's weird, or you maybe participated in a, uh, in a, in a weird competition, uh, our phone lines are open at 312-981-7200, like the Monkey Buffet Festival. Giving back to our great, great ancestors. Thousands of tourists gathered to feed feral monkeys in the Laburi province, aptly known as the City of Monkeys, north of Bangkok every year. The event is celebrated as Monkey Buffet Festival, in which a large congress of the simians are thrown a feast with a variety of foods. Hundreds of pounds of food are served on this day to the monkeys. Local chefs spend hours preparing vegetarian dishes such as fruit salads, white rice, traditional Thai desserts made from egg yolk. Um, and it brings out everybody. The Monkey Buffet Festival. Okay. More weird competitions coming up here on 720 WGN 312-981-7200. It's the phone number, and uh, here comes the news.